Awesome. They're off. They're off. They got all week to decide whether they're going to get in the gate and run. That's right. But it's filing week. And uh, this is the start. I know a lot of you are not happy to hear this, but I love this. This is when my job gets interesting. We are ready to start uh, getting ready for 2020. Keep in mind that because we got a presidential election next year, that our primary will be in March. March the 3rd. That's why everybody is here today to uh, file for the offices that they want to run for. A lot of dreams and aspirations out there in the rotunda today. I'm just telling you, that's where we're at. We're in the Capitol on the rotunda. Elizabeth is here with me. She's all excited. Is this the first time you've been here on filing day? On filing day, and it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. It's even better when you when you got complete stranglehold on the state. I, I love it. Of course. I love it. Hey, <laughs> oh, John, how you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm doing well. Doing well. I mean, I had a Democrat come by today. She did not know who I was. And I, and I thought, well, maybe she is a Republican. And then she left, and her campaign person came by and, and gave me her card. And I, I showed it to Elizabeth. She said, no, she's a Democrat. <laughs> Kedra Burrell. You familiar with her? She's going to run in Senate dip- District 27, 27. Southeast All right. Arkansas. All right. And that's Southeast probably Arkansas. why she looked so weird at me when I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, uh, Kedra, we need to break the stranglehold of that party in that part of the state. And she just looked at me. <laughs> so she says she's going to come by me and, and, and visit us in the studio. And but you're equal what do you opportunity. Think, you're equal opportunity. What do you think, John? You that, think that, that she'll that. feel comfortable in my studio? She may. I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I, I rarely turn down an interview of what flavor, you know, they you may know. be. So, uh she probably, I said she I would probably re- will. I would respect her if she shows up. Yeah, yeah I will give her. I respect re- her for that. I respect them all. That's right. Yes. But she will not like my questions. But we will talk to anyone <laughs> if they'll talk with us. That's right. We will do it. That's right. John, you've been working on this now, I'm sure, for months. Is that not true? That's right. The staff uh, have Leslie Bellamy here today. She's the director over. Hi, over Leslie. It's the first time I met day. you. Over yeah. election. She, uh, she knows elections. That's why she's here with us today. She was a county clerk at in white county at one point um came on staff here um, 13 in 2013 done a great job for mark martin and she's she's still doing a great job uh yes they the staff has done a lot of work we all have um and you know and I, i'm i'm careful you know as you were making the partisan comments i know and, you know you, I, as chief election officer we we really you serve the entire that's exactly state. right we do our best to uh well, we do. We don't just do our best. We run run this thing as in a nonpartisan way, but um, 
But it's an honor. A lot of people here, like I say, a lot of folks are nervous when they sign that, you know, sign their name and pay that filing fee. There's no going back. Oh, my. I, I, I was telling someone, AETN, I was never so nervous ten, or however many years ago, 2010. $5,000 check. It's a lot of money. It. Yeah, a lot of money for, for sure. And um, I couldn't even spell Pulaski. I had to ask. I forgot how to spell Pulaski County. I was like, I, where am I? Where am, Where do I live? Oh, my. So these folks, but I commend them for putting their name on the line. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to be uh, critiqued. You know, they're going to be dissected. You said it in your uh, opening comments, maligned, yeah. misunderstood. They're going to be misunderstood and misrepresented, and but – it's politics, and but when you sign up here, it, it's it's America. I mean, this is America, so it, it's a beautiful thing. That's why I'm so excited. Yeah. This is what it's all about. That's right. This is a republic. This is democracy. That's right. When I met John, I guess it was 2010, John, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget Joe Booker, who, it, of course, everybody knows him from Power Radio, comes into my studio, and he goes, dude. Have you heard this commercial? Oh, gosh. He says, this Thurston guy is running this commercial on my station. And, John, I'll, I'll stop there, and you can tell everybody what the commercial said. Because it, I'm going to tell you, pretty <laughs> right. ballsy, dude. It was, I mean, you know, it was it was a little, confront, you know, confrontational, I guess. Uh, I didn't think so. Just truthful. But, you know. Straightforward. Um, Golly, we're going to get into partisan talk. You're, you're luring me in here. Uh, <laughs> this was I before got, your current position. That's you right. A candidate. So, anyway, but this you, is history. You, you kind of you do have to kind of pull out all the stops when you're in a campaign and uh, go go after the votes that you think will help you push you over the edge. And that commercial, you know, you can YouTube it and find it. But it was uh, a little bit edgy. A little, but I didn't have much money in, in the campaign, and I had to. Uh, Need the bang for the buck. Uh, yeah, and so caught some flack over it, but um, but why, it. John? You, you're dancing around this. Uh, why no. did you catch flack for? What it? was it about that commercial? Do you remember oh, it? Gosh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> well, my my first wife, she uh, passed away in 2007, and uh, she's uh, she's an African American woman, and mm-hmm. and this was 07, so this is 2010. So she she. You know, in my heart and mind, it hadn't been that long. Right. You know, she's still uh, still fresh in my thoughts and heart and still is. But um, I uh, knew that Republicans in recent history had a hard time with the black community. Yes. You know, being misunderstood, being, you know, not knowing that that our love for the black community is, is, is strong. Yep. And so... Uh, so that particular ad, I pointed out uh, my relationship with my wife and, you know, her uh, race and whatnot and, and just kind of wanted to reach out to the, the black community let them know I loved them and, you know, and uh, ask them for their vote and so forth. But anyway, so I, I just called. I'm going to tell you what. You won yeah. me over well, I appreciate just it. with that spot. Right. And by the way, Zach, if you go on YouTube, you can pull it up. We'll play it. After John has left the air. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I do remember the ad, actually, now that you tell it was a little a more great about ad. it. I, I definitely so, remember the ad. That was a because great Because I didn't know you then, but ad. I thought, uh-huh, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, well, the I real appreciate deal. it. But, uh, but, yeah, now, like I say, that's a little bit of some partisan and demographic 
conversation there, but, you know, today as Secretary well, of State, I... I understand. Yeah. You're carrying out your duties That's for, right. the, for That's the Democrats, right. the Republicans, the Libertarians. Absolutely. Is the Green Party here today? I don't know. They uh, didn't submit a petition to qualify as a party. Okay. <gasps> really? Right. Oh, wow. So. They had, so, I think the last two filing periods, they have not. You know I didn't what? realize they need, that. They need, you know what they need? They need to go find that guy that used to run for them, had to... That looked like the the singer for the Oak Ridge Brothers. I know the one yeah. you mean. I know well, the gentleman. Who, 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 Mark. Some, I yeah, can't remember. I can't his remember. Last his name. Name. He's from Little Rock. Right. Yes. I know. Yeah, they need to go find him again. Because he ran numerous times. Right. 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 I know who you mean. He didn't like with the beard. With the beard. With the, with the beard. beard. Okay. He didn't like me because I always said. Does he do the bass for the Oak Ridge Boy? <laughs> yes, so. that's what he beard. looked like. It's what he looked like. He looked yeah. like one of the Oak Ridge and he was boys. a marijuana advocate. I remember yeah. as well. Yeah, he back was, before it was the yeah. thing like it yes. is now. Did you guys go over the races that are up or open? I have not lately. Okay, Let's do we open. have time? Yeah. Go well, on. we've got of course the president, vice president. Um, we have one U.S. Senate here in Arkansas that's uh, open. Uh, four the four congressional. U.S. seats, uh, 17 state Senate seats. Okay. And of course, all 100 House uh, seats, and we have 189 judicial races wow. or, or seats that are open. Wow. So wow. it's going to wow. be a big, big turnout, I believe, this, this round. We have 171, uh, I'm sorry, 1.71 million registered voters, and in 2018, we had just over 50% of those registered voters I show up. I heard you talk about that. So, from uh, the, you know, want to encourage people to, to participate. You know, where we are today, the prices that have been paid by our folks who are here before us, that we can vote. I mean, if you're a citizen, you need to vote. So uh, just yeah, want to encourage absolutely. people to register and, and show up. All right. You bet. So I know that uh, French... Congressman French Hill is going to be stopping by. Congressman Westerman will call in tomorrow because he's not going to be here today, but he'll be here tomorrow. I got some questions for him dealing with uh, is President Trump correct about California? Because I know he is about their forestry policies is causing all those wildfires that they're having out there. Right. I mean, we've known this for years. It's kind of crazy. But. Uh, and he'll be talking about impeachment. I'm sure that uh, Congressman Hill talking about. I saw Senator Cotton come by today. Is he is he up for re-election next year? Yes, that's the one uh, U.S. Senate seat that's that, up. I that's knew right. that Congressman Bozeman had been re-elected here just recently, so he's got probably another four years. Leslie, what is he? Four, four more four years? years? Yeah, four. Yeah, okay. and they're on opposite schedules, so to speak. Yeah. one or the other. One or the yeah. other. Okay, well. We'll get Tom back in there. That's no doubt. So who who decides how the ballots are laid out across the state? There's actually some of that in Arkansas statute. Uh, and generally, uh, it tells you the ballot layout. And uh, most counties follow that, you know, federal on down to state. And then they'll go into the county races, then the judicial, and uh, usually wrap it up with the uh, issues and the nonpartisan. Okay, because I was talking to uh, a House representative, and he was excited because it was going to be the president, the vice president, one of our congressmen, and then him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, you should be excited. It sounds like you're, you'll win in a landslide, and I think you will. The districts that are 
candidates are listed in numerical order, are they not? Yes, that's... But that's, they're not all there because they don't all have all a candidate there. every time. Right. But the ones that are there are in numerical mm-hmm. order by district. Yeah. They'll do it in numerical order by the office they're running for, whether it be Senate or House. And then those are obviously staggered, so it won't be complete numerical order, but... Yeah. All right. Okay, so it's important for everybody to understand that the primary comes up in March. And in some of these races... The primary is really the race, is it That's not? Right. That's, That's right. right. That's right. That's right. If there's not a general or, or It'll opposing be a general, party, but if there's, you will. If there's no opposing party. That's right. That's so right. You need to get out and vote uh, in uh, in March. And what's the date in March? March 3rd. March 3rd. March the 3rd. We Quicker. typically have a low turnout for the primary, but you can go on our website, uh, on Secretary Thurston's website, and there'll be a list of candidates, and you can see who's opposed in your area. And that also closer to time after the counties have started their coding, you can go into our voter view and look at your actual ballot. Oh, that's very cool. The only problem with the March 3rd primary is who wants to think about elections till after Christmas. Right. That's right. It's a really, really short window there mm-hmm. for folks, especially if you're not an incumbent and you got to get out there and make your name known. Right. We were in January and February in Arkansas. Not even in the ice storms. Not even in February. I mean, you get four weeks in January, two weeks in February because early voting starts. And don't right. we have bad weather in January and February? Yeah, I keep thinking of right. that. Of course, more and more people are early voting now you know historically you know it was below 50 and i think this last election cycle it was above 50 yeah, percent early it's running close so to 60 people you, are showing up okay i'm going to ask you this is i'm going to let him take his secretary of state cap off now i just i just want your personal opinion here oh do we need to scale back early voting some you mean shorten the time yes see i i am i'm of the opinion yeah. that some things don't break until just before the election. I've heard so Well, many. that's true. You know, and each person is different. You know, some people don't want to, they want to wait till election day because they're, the candidates, somebody may be caught with whatever. That's doing what I'm saying. That's I hear people say, so, I'm not voting until uh, the day of. That's right. And once you cast your vote, it's a done deal regardless. Um, so, you know, I would kind of defer to the counties. I mean, the counties seem to, um, I think the people kind of enjoy like it, yeah. to be honest, because there's more and more people doing it, early voting. Spoken like um, a true secretary I'm of state. You, I mean, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of early voting. I typically do I'll push vote it back over within on about a week. I, I don't go really early, but I wait about a week out. But, but uh, it's so easy. But the counties are the ones who actually carry it out, and they do all the work. So, I mean, that. They would have to be able to answer that better than me, unless you're, you know. The county clerks are statutorily um, over early voting and absentee, and the CBC's local election commissioners are over election day. A lot of the county clerks, uh, they've only expressed to me personally, and in some session, uh, their need to maybe think about closing that Monday so they have time to get their election day stuff ready and out ready to go and i've heard that the clerks are maybe not as thrilled with the change to this early primary date because the early part of the year is a busy time for county clerks anyway and now they have to deal with the primary on march 3rd yes it it, it actually hit them in some budgetary times that are hard on them so no they were were not fans but you know they (laughs) understood that arkansas wanted to participate in the sec conference and be a little more, you Didn't know. I tell uh, you that? <laughs> yes, and we ought to make it clear that this happens on, 
the March 3rd only early primary, in only in presidential, presidential election. The right. other opposite years, it will be in May. May. If the right. constitutionals are on the ballot, it will revert back to the May. Now, right. if you want my non-SOS opinion on that, yes, I would like for it to just stay one way or the other. I'm I with you. If you're going to do March, do March. That's, that's my do citizen May, opinion. I would just you. say leave it alone. I do. I think it's going to confuse the fool out yeah. of the voters. Right. And I didn't understand until I looked up Act 545 of 2019 right. that it also affects school elections. It does. Sure. I didn't hear that at all in the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's going to mix people up bad. Yeah, I'm all for simplifying things yeah. for the public. Uh, the people are busy enough in life and the, the last thing you want to make more confusing or complicated is elections. That's my opinion. The other uh, thing that occurred to me is if you are lucky enough to win at a primary in March, you've got an eight-month campaign. Absolutely. That's a lot of money and a lot of time. It's a hard road. It's a hard road. Six is tough. Mm-hmm. Eight months, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Uh, I think uh, a March primary helps an incumbent. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, Your name's already out there. You don't have to get out in the ice storm. Like you say, no one wants to hear about anything during the the holiday season, and um, you just can't stomach it during that time. I couldn't. All the way through Thanksgiving, Christmas, no one wants to talk about elections. uh, So yeah, um, but we'll see. I mean, that's. I mean, you really can't even get out and uh, say you're running until after the first of the year, Right. right? Well, you can, but nobody's going to remember. No, you can't. They're too busy buying presents for the kids. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't run until after the first of the year. A very right. short it's window. Difficult. All right. Well, John, I'll let you get back. I know you've got a lot of work to do, and thank you for coming by and You're visiting welcome. with us. We've got to do, have you on the show here in the near future again. All right. You bet. Let's get, get her number because Leslie, she has a wealth of information. <laughs> It's very uh, obvious when it comes she's, to elections. She's got an encyclopedia you between bet. her ears, and so <laughs> I, I want to come and have her read it on the air. Yeah. Well, we like to explain the details. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I now dig, she'll be coming. I dig deep. I can get you in the weeds pretty quick. John, yeah, we like the weeds. We, we like appreciate the weeds. you. We appreciate you, Leslie. Thank, Thank you for coming by. All right, we'll be back. We've got uh, a candidate from down, I believe, in what, what district? What district is uh, right down there in Garland County? I don't know. Not District 28. What am I thinking? The one we just talked about was 27. 27. We'll have to see. came to see you. Mr. McGrew is going to come by and talk to us, so we're going to talk to him. Hey, Zach, did you happen to find that John Thurston spot? I did. found it. You found it? Okay. Elizabeth, put your headphones on just for a second. Leslie, if you've never heard this, you'll want to put your headphones on. This is the ad. That sold me on John Thurston. Listen to it, then we're going to go to a break. Go ahead. Hello, I'm John Thurston. I'm on staff at Agape Church in West Little Rock, and I'm running for state land commissioner. I'm one white boy who understands black Arkansans. My wife, who passed away three and a half years ago, was a beautiful black woman. I want to represent you, my brothers and sisters, and I'm asking for your vote. My name is John Thurston, and I'm running for state land commissioner. For more information, go to votethurston.com. This ad paid for by the John Thurston for State Land Commissioner campaign. That, that is the spot that sold me on John Thurston. All right, a break and we'll come back. we got other guests coming our way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back. It's 25 minutes till 3. Exciting day today at the Capitol. Filing day has started and as uh, we opened up the show with the call to the post, that's exactly what's going on right now. 
They're loading the horses up, and they're going to run come uh, March. All week. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing everybody needs to understand. It's not just today. There's also, For a week. you know, there's a whole week. I'm, I'm, I'm looking around at all the big televisions they have around here, and I feel like I'm in a betting parlor. <laughs> there you go. I'm not, I'm not seeing odds being put up next to people's <laughs> names, but that's that's kind of the feel you get when you're you're down here looking no, but if, at. If you're here in the rotunda, what they do is they have big TV screens, and as people start to file, it's starting to show up on the TV screens by race. Yes, and, and so who's you're seeing running all the races who? filling up with all the candidates. It's rather rather. It's fun. your racing form. It's your racing form. I'm just telling you, that's what it is, Richard. Uh, uh, McGrew is here with us. He's running in District 22. You went and put your check down already, right? Yes, sir. Ooh. There's no turning back. You understand that? Off and running. All right. Well, good. What what uh, you know possessed you? I know Mickey Gates is is out of that position now. Uh, what pushed you over the line to run for this seat? Well, I'm currently a justice of the peace in Garland County. And I've always uh, and I've served previously on the planning commission for the city of Hot Springs for eight years. And I've always believed in, in serving your community and enjoyed doing it. And I believe that uh, getting good people in the right, right places is, the, is, is what we need. Well, I'll tell you, that's exactly how Elizabeth and I feel. But I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm a talk show host that is real conservative and I'm very interested in how you feel about the Republican Party's principles that the platform What has. about the platform? Well, I, I am definitely a conservative, and I, I believe deeply in the Republican platform. Okay. So I'm going to just run down, and you tell me, all right? Okay. First, first, the power of faith in God. Well, I am a member of Hot Springs Baptist Church and uh, was saved when I was 15 years old, and uh believe very deeply in God. Now, see, now you know he's right that he actually met Jesus because he knows at what age he met Jesus. <laughs> I'm just, that, it's, it's, it's a, always important it's a to remember life-changing that. moment. That's right. Absolutely. That's indelibly imprinted on your soul. Yes, you sir. just remember. Yes, somebody sir. says, you know, I think on this day, I think that's when it was. I, I look at him strange <laughs> at that point. All right. Uh, the sanctity of life. Are you pro-life? Absolutely, I am. You know, I think that uh, it, it's terrible, the lives that have been taken in, in young ones that it's just, I'm absolutely pro-life. All right. So you'll be standing, standing strongly with Arkansas life and, and making sure that we continue Abs- making progress. Protect yes, the babies. Sir. All right. Individual responsibility and initiative. Yes, sir. As far as the individual responsibility, I think that's huge. You know, we try to, uh, if the government's trying to spread that around, it should be each individual standing for their own. Thank you. I like We're that We're not a, a lot. collective. Thank you. Individual <laughs> freedom and liberty secured by a limited government. Absolutely. I think that uh, government needs to be smaller and it needs to be, it needs to represent the people and not the government. The people. Are, you, are you dedicated to making Arkansas government as limited as it possibly can be? I believe I am. All right. Very good. We need that. Private property. Yes, sir. Well, I'm one that owns a, a, a whole lot of private property. I'm looking at him. I can see his <laughs> eyes lit up when yes. I asked him about yeah. that. I have about 400 rental units in Hot Springs and have uh, have had the 
uh, all the things that go along with the property. Uh, and I believe that it's the individual's right to do what they want to with their property. Very good. So we're going to abolish property taxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. That's you, not part that's, of the gentleman's platform. Let me make that clear. Uh, yeah, that would be a battle to, to take on. Lower taxes to produce economic growth. I absolutely believe that works. Uh, as we can see, it's working in our nation right now that uh, once you give as much money as you can back to uh, the private enterprise system and all, then they work well with that at creating jobs and moving us forward. All right. I want to make sure that you don't believe in lowering a tax to the left and in the same breath raising a tax on the right to pay for the lower of the tax of the left, do you? Or do you just think we can get rid of taxes? Well, that's just moving it around. I think that it's important for us to be the best steward we can be with the people's money. All right. Thank you. Strong national defense. Uh, you won't have much to say in that. Uh, the, the personal right to own and bear arms. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a country boy. I... Uh, hunt a lot with guns I've, I've i have as my wife says too many and uh i will no add, whoa whoa your wife is sitting put that microphone <laughs> let me ask that and i ask that question of you just yeah. do you really think he has too many guns no sir ah she's it already may be the fact that every time i get a new gun she gets two new dresses so that yes works. sir okay <laughs> or, a couple, or a couple of new pairs of shoes right that major jewelry right, major jewelry good. that works all right the equal and just enforcement of the law absolutely i work a lot in uh drug and alcohol reform in garland county and good. so i'm in the courts quite often lately, and it's very important that we have it equal there it's it's a it's a hard thing for them to accomplish, it seems like, but it's very important. And then uh, the separate equal branches of the government, that's big on the national level, but it's just as big on the state level. Yes, sir. I think that's the way our forefathers meant it to be, and that's the way we should, be, we should have it. All right. Well, you, saw, you passed my litmus test. <laughs> well, I appreciate good. you having me here today. Oh, anytime you want to come on. Yes, sir. You let me know, I'll let you on. And you can come on and talk as, as the campaign starts heating up, and that will be sometime, I'm sure, in February. Well, I'm actually, sure this, is a, this is a special called election, so the election is December 10th. Oh, okay. So oh, that's right. Encourage that's the right. people to get out and vote, and uh, it would be an honor to serve the people of Garland and Senior Counties in District 22. All right, well, then make sure that we get you back on here in November. Yes, sir. All right. We appreciate right. you, Richard. Thank you, thank very, you much. very much. Thanks uh -huh. for coming by. That's uh, Richard McGrew. He is uh, running in District 22. That's Mickey Gates' old seat. And uh, when you go to the polls, you might consider him for your vote. we for got December a break that 10th. we got to take. Yeah, December the 10th. It's a special election to fill in for Mr. Gates. Mr. Gates. All right. Let's take our break. We'll come back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back at the Capitol, and uh, joining me 
is uh, from Washington, D.C., live in front of me today. Wow. Holy cow. Congressman French Hill is here. Congressman, how you doing? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for being at the Capitol on this exciting day. This is a good day to be here. I mean, whenever all of these people come together, I always want to be here. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> this is part of that unique aspect of American politics. Yeah. I had in my office today uh, young people from Cambodia, Armenia, Russia and wow. the Philippines, and they were all talking about the unique aspect of America, our debate, our public discourse, our voting, our decentralization of power. Mm-hmm. And, wow, it was so much fun to talk to. Them. Well, I can only imagine that is people don't realize I've been all over the world because I was in the Air Force, and uh, you don't realize how different your country is until you get out those other countries where it's really different than what you're used to. You know, they were talking about, gosh, we have 90% of our citizens uh, vote. I said, well, they were probably told what to vote for and when. And I said, uh, we have a very, very vocal uh, constituency out there that comes together every two years or every four years. But it's not as predictable and cookie-cutter as you see in some countries that claim to have open voting, elections. open elections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, I spent a lot of time over in the Far East, and it's just nuts over there. Although I love going to Taiwan. I like the way they debate. They get in fights. I mean, they throw punches. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Not the way that I would like to see it happen. So tell us what's happening in D.C. is... Uh, is uh, the Democrats, uh, are they really going to have, give us some transparency on this issue of impeachment? Well, uh, today they list, uh, they released two transcripts today uh, that were a little cherry-picked uh, in their list. But, you know, fundamentally what Nancy Pelosi took to the House floor last week is not greater transparency. I put out on my Facebook page the Nixon language, the Clinton language compared to the Pelosi language on Trump. And you do not have equal rights for the minority. You don't have a co-equal design process for an impeachment inquiry. And the executive branch, the president, absolutely does not have uh, sort of those due process rights that were guaranteed for President Clinton and President Nixon. So I'm afraid not is the answer to your question. I don't know that we're going to get greater transparency. I think we're going to continue the partisan freight train uh, heading down the tracks. Is it my misunderstanding or just Pelosi's not understanding that she should be paying attention to what the Senate, the message they're trying to send her? I mean, McConnell and Lindsey Graham have put together a resolution that says if you don't do these things, your stuff shows up here. It goes in to, you know, file 13, basically. Yeah. Well, let's go back to first principle. She said that uh, impeachment is divisive. And should be undertaken only with overwhelming evidence and where there is strong bipartisan consensus. And, of course, she's gone back on all three key points there. She's moved to a divisive process. It's a partisan process. She doesn't have an overwhelming case that she's been able to identify thus far. And so she's violated her own rules. And so I think it's unpredictable now what direction it will take. The dam... Uh, is essentially broken, and this water is flowing downstream, led by the more radical elements in the House Democratic Conference. Does she have to put Adam Schiff at the head of this? 
No, the Speaker has the power to design this process any way she wants to in that resolution. Uh, the word in Washington was she'd lost confidence in Jerry Nadler's ability to do it. Plus, Jerry Nadler, in 1998, was a lead spokesperson for due process for the executive branch. And therefore, there's a lot of videotape of his role when he was on the Judiciary Committee back in 1998. In today's Wall Street Journal, I invite people to take a look at a very good column that Jim Sensenbrenner of Wisconsin and Steve Shabbat of Ohio wrote about the 1998 impeachment and let readers decide for themselves what they think about transparency. Yeah, that was uh, the Republicans going after Clinton. You bet. But and, they designed a the process they were open that was there. about it. Mm-hmm. They didn't hide it. That's the way. That's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, Thanks for the. Is is this going to start resignating? Or resignating? That's not the right word. <laughs> is that? Is this going to start? Uh, are the American people going to start getting interested in understanding that this really truly is a a process that uh, is for the Democrats and nothing there is for the Republicans and all they want to do is get the president. Well, I I hope so. I hope that they. Uh, are able to start piecing the pictures together. But I'm afraid a lot of voters are worn out with this topic. This has been going on for three years. Uh, Representative Al Green, Representative Maxine Waters have been talking about impeaching the president since virtually Inauguration Day. And nothing came of the $25 million and hundreds of people that worked on the Mueller report. And so I think people are really burned out. The person who's working hard, putting their kids in school, going to work, uh, preparing for teacher work day or a soccer game isn't focused on all these gory inside baseball Washington D.C. Uh, arguments. So I don't know that they will, but uh, it's it's definitely something that's violating Nancy Pelosi's own rules about whether to go forward or not. Has Barr been sharing any of, of uh, Dunham's uh, thoughts on what he's going to bring to you about? what went on in the uh, Russia investigation? Not with members at large, uh, but uh, U.S. Attorney uh, Durham up in Connecticut, Bill Barr, our Attorney General, both have now opened a criminal investigation into Explain why that's important. Well, it's important because we believe that obviously there was election interference uh, in the 2016 election, and a lot of it emanated with the Clinton campaign. Repeat the Clinton campaign, shocker, since that's never in the news, that paid camp with campaign money, bought uh, fake uh, oppo research on Donald Trump through this famous dossier, which in turn the Justice Department used with the federal FISA court, for which is our foreign intelligence court, to then open up essentially a spying exercise uh, during the 2016 election sometime between July and October of 2016. So Barr and Durham are trying to get behind what we never learned in the Mueller work. We didn't learn it in the Mueller work, uh, not even inklings. We just saw, uh, uh, maybe you'd say, a, uh, evidence, but not yeah. any definitive analysis. And so Bill Barr, I hope, will deliver that. And then uh, Grassley in the Senate uh, perhaps can pursue it. And we'll get behind whatever what happened during the 2016 campaign. Uh, and that's what the president's interested in. That's why he keeps asking questions about the 2016 campaign to get to the truth about who was trying to influence our elections. As a House member, 
how much can you do to, you know, stop this craziness that's going on? Well, the House, uh, the reason why we don't like the shift approach is really only about 40 House members are involved in this that have access to the information either on the Intelligence Committee or the Judiciary Committee. So the average health House member is disenfranchised by this process, which means our constituents at home are disenfranchised by this process. That's why if I've, I've expressed over and over again, where is the due process rights for the president? Where is the transparency and openness rights so that all voters can see this live on C-SPAN and determine uh, what we, uh, what's going on? All right. I've been told that you're out of time. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> you're all, you know, I always have a mic for you, Congress. I appreciate always. that. Always. Thank, Thank you, you Mark. It's great to be with you Appreciate guys. you. Thank Thanks you for supporting much. all these candidates at the Capitol. Absolutely. We're going to get a bigger majority than we had last time. It's always important. Thank you very much. Yeah, Congressman French Hill here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have him here with us today. And uh, always looking forward uh, to talk to him. So, Elizabeth, what are you hearing that uh, excites you today? Just, it's just the different things that people are saying and the reasons they want to run. They get yeah. out there and make a difference. Uh, the gentleman from District 22 jumping in there to take Mr. 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 Gates' spot. Um, yeah. Mr. Beach stepping up to take a place. Yeah, he's still got something to find out, evidently. I guess he does. He says that he was sure that he had uh, gotten himself set up for 28, but he's wondering if he is in a different district now because he, he looks... Uh, he's he's gotten down where it maybe by street. You almost have to. You almost have to. And I think I heard him say the property or the dividing line for the two districts is very close to his property. So um, yeah, I have to sort that out and figure it out. He's um, hoping he's going to come back on the show tomorrow. I think he's he's pretty good that he will have things set up, uh, etc. Congressman, thank you very much. The noise level down in the actual rotunda has lessened somewhat, but there are still there's huge a lot of people, people here. in line. And, you know, there's so many people that come today. They want to be the first. Yep. There's also a large group that come at the very last minute. Yeah, Friday. The very last minute. Want to be sure that they see everybody else who filed first. Want to surprise somebody at the very last minute kind of thing. We had a little funny thing happen in Faulkner County a few years back where a certain individual, not a favorite candidate, decided they wanted to wait until the last minute. And <laughs> they sort of lost track of time and actually missed the filing. Oh, because no. Because they waited too long to show up. Next Tuesday is the last one. Oh. It was like the is doors closed at 4.30 and they it, showed up at 4.45 the- and, oh, I can't get in. It's over. Okay, so it's all the way to next Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I thought it ended on Friday, so it's For about a week. next Tuesday. Okay. Six, I think it's six business days. Would that be right? Yep, six business days. Mm-hmm. That would be um, correct. Okay. All right. So, but that gives you some. Not true. Think, think of the money going into the coffers of the party. That's what I keep thinking about is all these filing fees. That's why Doyle Webb's walking around with a big smile on his face. I doubt. I <laughs> doubt. His wife, his wife will be running. Yeah, and uh, he said that uh, she will be stopping by. Sometime today to Here? say hello. Okay, yes. Okay, great. Because I and don't see them out We're looking forward to it, and uh, we can talk to her about what some of the big issues are that. Uh, the judges around here will be facing up into. For for those political junkies who just like seeing people's faces, there was lots and lots of people 
that you recognize in the rotunda today. Oh, yeah. Senator Cotton. Yeah, Senator several Cotton Several others and... that, you know, again, if you enjoy seeing the faces in person, even, even Democrats. He's, like, really difficult <laughs> not to see. Well, yeah, he kind of stands he towers about, over, you know, a foot above everybody over else. Over everybody. It was yeah, pretty easy to see him in the room earlier. You remember I said, I thought I just saw Senator Cotton. And I looked around, and he already passed, and I wasn't sure. But I couldn't believe that there were two people that tall in the yeah, state of so Arkansas. To be honest, he's a tall man. He's, he's easy to recognize in a crowd. He really sure. is. All right, so let's get our break in. We'll come back. We'll have a lot more, uh, as I like to say, polls on here on the Dave Ellswick Show for today. It is the first day of filing for 2020. We are uh, ready to get the uh, the race started. You got that sounder for me there, uh uh, Zach, you can play that and then come back with our out music. Today's first day of filing for 2020. The election season, I think we all can agree, has officially begun. Would you agree with that, Elizabeth? Absolutely. I mean, there's enough. With a bang. There's a lot of politicians here today. A lot of money being, you know, a lot of checks for a lot of money being written in that room. Doyle Webb has a really big smile. Looks like a a Cheshire cat sitting in a tree right now. Those coffers are full, filling up. They may not be full, they're filling up. They may not be full, but they are filling up. There's no doubt about that. Carolyn, what's it cost now to run for uh, House? Well, the uh, Republican filing fee. Is three thousand dollars for house? Okay. Senate uh, is either seven or seventy-five hundred. I'm not sure which. So just doing some fast calculations in my head, if we just go with the people who are running for re-election, that's about that's about a quarter of a million dollars that come into the into the coffers of the Republican Party. 
Yeah, and it's wonderful because uh, the Republican Party really does support us when we're campaigning. Well, that's good. Way it's supposed to be. Better be that way or Doyle and I will have a fist fight. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. So how are you feeling about the race coming up next year? It's a shortened race. You're, you're here. You, you filed today, correct? Yes, I did. Actually, I feel, I feel very confident. I feel um, comfortable. I've, I've really never enjoyed myself more than I have this last session and I'm really looking forward to the campaign, and I'm looking forward to serving the people of Arkansas and District 41 again. We we were talking about this earlier with uh, uh, Secretary of State Thurston and, and Leslie and some of the other folks, and that is on a presidential year, our primary takes place in March. On a non-presidential year, it, it starts in May. Would you like him to just kind of keep it one way or the other? Well, it would be easier to remember. Yeah. Um, but there's reasons for for the decision to hold the primary in March and in May. So I'm, it doesn't really matter that much to me. We're part of the SEC now. Correct. That's what everybody <laughs> needs to understand. All those states are the same day. But the SEC is an athletic thing. Yeah, well, not a political if thing. If you want to have some kind, <laughs> you don't think politics in? You want there? You go. Yeah, oh, you want, I know it's a game. <laughs> yeah. What was it that uh, Dick Butkus said? He said that people who say that politics is not a uh, confrontational sport, uh, full it's a blood contact. Sport. Been, yeah, full contact have never been in politics right. before. Absolutely, yeah, it's a blood sport. Yeah. Well, it can be for some people. Definitely can. These be days, for some more and people. more. I won't get into one family's name, but it is a blood sport for them. There's no doubt about that. So, Carolyn, what are some um, – here's the other thing we talked about, that going in March seems to benefit the incumbents a little bit because you have a much shorter time if you're the guy that's out there running for the first time. People know the incumbent somewhat. And you got like six weeks before early voting to try to get your message out. Well, it's always easier, you know, I've always been told, I've heard and I understand that it's always easier for the incumbent. Because as the incumbent, you've been attending meetings and you've been voting and people somewhat know your record. And, um, you know, I was never in business uh, in you know, private enterprise for myself in Arkansas. I worked for other companies, so I really had no reason to participate in the Chamber of Commerce and all those kinds of things. I was working. I was a mom. I had my hands full. Um, I didn't have time for it, and I didn't have a real um, incentive or need to do that. Now, um, attending Chamber of Commerce meetings, attending... Uh, all the different events that occur, like the Veterans Day Parade yesterday, those are ways where you actually can reach out to your constituents and you can find out what they're thinking, what they're needing, and, and then you have the ability to respond appropriately. So I've really enjoyed uh, being more involved these last few years and in, in getting to know the people in the community and the people who make decisions and and look into what, what's needed for the city of Sherwood or Jacksonville or North Little Rock, because I do represent portions of Jacksonville and North Little Rock, even wow. though most of my voters are in Sherwood. 
So the the financial uh, session will come up on April 9th this year. Do you think it's going to be less contentious than it's been in the past, or what do you think some of the big issues that will be coming up here in the future? Well, I really um, I don't have an opinion about that right now. Okay. Um, I, I can't. We don't really have anything contentious that I'm aware of. Um, the 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 biggest contentious thing that I believe financially is going to be, you know, voting to extend the, where the public will have their opportunity to vote to extend that uh, that the, sales tax, the half cent tax, that half cent tax. But um, I'm going to put my my face out there and say I support that half cent sales tax. We have got to improve our roads, and that is our. Um, that is how we will be able to provide the money to do that. Our, we have so much traffic coming through our state on 30 and 40. We have more paved roads than any other state in the country, and uh, some of our roads in, are in pretty poor condition. All right. So what do you want to keep people uh, thinking about as uh, next year comes up? I want them to think about economic growth for Arkansas. Um, as, a, as a person who grew up with a military parent, a father, uh, I traveled all over the country, not all over, mostly east of the Mississippi, uh, but I did travel overseas, and wherever I went, people made fun of Arkansas, and that was humiliating for me, and I thought that just, you know, of all the places I've been, I know that people in Arkansas are just as talented, just as hardworking, just as capable as people anywhere. When you would tell people you were from Arkansas, did they look at your feet? They would say, do you know how, they would ask me if I knew how to read. Oh, wow. They would ask me if people in Arkansas wear shoes. I got asked, do I wear shoes? And I don't even, I can't imagine, uh, or they'd say, where's that? You know what I, you know what I tell them, Carolyn? I tell them, I said, y'all, that might be right, but I want you to remember, buy our rocks and our water, because... (laughs) And it's a, just keep buying our rocks and water. We'll be all right. Well, I mean, I was I was so taken aback. I was, a, you know, a young person. And I was so taken aback by that because I, I loved uh, every opportunity that we came home to Arkansas to visit the grandparents. And to be perfectly honest, for all the years I spent growing up in the military, I actually uh, spent more years in Arkansas schools than any other place. I attended four years in Southeast Arkansas in Warren. Uh, w- w- one of those semesters was in Des Arcs, uh while my parents were hunting for a place for us to live. I stayed with my grandmother, but uh, then I came to Jacksonville as a junior. So I spent at least six years in Arkansas schools before I graduated high school, and then I went on to get my college degree at UALR yeah. and my master's. So um, you got your connections to the state. Absolutely. Hey, my ancestors are all over this state. <laughs> cool. That's very good. All right. Got to get a break in. Carolyn, thanks for coming by and visiting with us. I see Dan Sullivan lurking over in the shadows. Uh, we'll get him on next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you, Dave. Sure yeah. thing. All right. Back with you. We continue here on filing day in the rotunda of the capital of the great state of Arkansas. And we've had some great friends walk by. We have uh, more friends coming by to visit us, and here is uh, Dan Sullivan. 
It's always a ha- good to have Dan here. Well, thank you. Always you excited. And this is a fun day. You know, the this is a, a wonderful example of what government looks like and the greatest uh, nation uh, in our world and people f- to get engaged in government and be a part of it. And it's really exciting, no matter what party you're from or no matter what you represent, that here's your day to have your voice and get down here and work. And it's, oh. a, it's good. So how much money... I'm, I'm always about the dollars. It's $3,000 to run for the House. How much to run for the Senate? 7500 Okay, so a little over double. But I mean, you get, it's a four-year term also. That's true. So I, per I was, day, it works out pretty good. Get what you pay good. for. Get what you pay for. I was, uh, that return I was, on investment I was talking about. Yeah, I was mentioning that if you just think about on the House side, it's almost a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. You know, and that's just the people who are running for re-election. It's not people who want to challenge somebody or anything like that. There is a lot of money going into the coffers for the Republican Party. Yeah, and the, you know, the good side of that is that the money is recycled to our candidates. So we are paying that much, and it's a lot of money. But in the end, it goes back out to candidates to help those who may be struggling in some difficult areas to win in uh, maybe a Democrat uh, region. So... You know, uh, I'm okay with it unless it's just I paid my check and wrote my money. It's time to move on, start the campaign. All right. What do you think? Do you think this shortened campaign that you're getting ready to go into, does it? And I know this is not in case of you because it's Cooper and, and you have good name recognition up there in Jonesboro. But does it benefit incumbents more than it does the guys that are, just trying to break through because they're only going to have about six weeks to make any kind of impact. Well, true. However, if you're just now trying to get name recognition, you're in trouble already. I mean, if you're going to run for office, the reality is you better be involved in your local school district, in your local city government, your county government, your church, your you know Lions Club and other civic organizations. And if you're just, you know, I've had people contact me and say, well, I want to run and go ahead. <laughs> but you better prove to the voter that you're serious about what you're going to do. And you prove how serious you are about what your involvement has been before you file. So, yes, it's short. But, uh, you know, again, I think if you get out there and work hard, you can do what you need to do. But it should have started two years ago. All right. So do you have a pair of ice skate for when the uh, the ice storms come in February and you got to go door to door? Amen, because then the people feel really sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, you're the first one who said you that. You show up in the rain and people know you're dedicated, but it's true. You know, I've, my background you know, in working uh, in various areas, people know how serious you are by what you do to get out to them to get your vote. So when it's rainy, when the weather's bad, are you still out there visiting? Are you still going to their events? That's what lets people know you're serious. So bring it on. I'm a, you know, have you ever heard of the Tough Mudder races, uh, 12 mile long? No. Yeah, they're 12 miles, and it's really a tough race. I did one and felt like I cheated because I took a T-shirt and skipped one of the, one of the events. So I went back and did it again. Uh, and I'll send you my picture, but when they say Tough Mudder, it is truly a Tough Mudder, and I look forward to races like this. All right, so... How is it feeling out there on the campaign right now? I mean, you're running against a fellow Republican, and I use that term lightly, but you're running. So does he. Yeah, I know. And, you know, how do you feel? Are, are you, We're really good. I can't get him to commit to a debate. You know, I've reached out to him to ask to schedule three debates, and he has not even responded. And I know we have a local radio station that reached out to him, and he's not responded. 
And I just cut a little short video a few minutes ago asking him again if we can debate. Uh, and I, I sure hope we'll do that. You know, Senator Cooper voted for every tax increase there was. He voted again. He was the vote that killed stand your ground. He was the vote that said, you know, we can't have a Bible in your schools as a voluntary uh, course to take. Obamacare. And Obama, yes. Yeah. And so to go back on your promises, go back on what you told the people and stand by the platform is really important. And I just need to get that message out to the people in my district. And I'd say whatever district people are in listening to your show, they need to check their legislators voting record and make sure they're when they come down here, you know, they campaign. I'm going to make these promises. Well, have they kept them? That's a critically important part, whether it's in Jonesboro or here in Little Rock. Well, let me let me explain to our our listeners that I got to go back for I guess four years when John Cooper first ran. Yeah, six six years. Yeah, he right. took over mm-hmm. a position. Okay, mm-hmm. so he was running. Well, there's this other guy running by the name of Dan Sullivan too. Yeah, and I threw my weight behind Cooper because. A lot of people did. I mean, he fooled a lot, of a lot of people. A lot of people in the Tea Party and things of that nature burned a lot of shoe leather for that man. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons is that he was absolutely adamant that he would vote against ACA. He would not do Medicare expansion. And I believe Dan, you said that you still wanted to study the issue. A, well, I was a opposed to it, more. but I, yeah, I wasn't as vehement as John in, right. in opposition to it. Right, you're correct. And so Cooper gets elected, and what's the first frickin' thing he does? He voted for ACA. He he voted to go to Medicaid expansion. Yeah. And I mean, I'll never I, to feel that is the worst that I've ever felt betrayed is when he casts that vote. You know, and I hope we can get that message out to the voters in northeast Arkansas. You know, John, not only people did they burn their shoe leather, they gave him tens of thousands of dollars yes, to run. Yes, they did. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, people have to consider when you take people's money and you take people's time uh, based upon your promises and then you flip and go the other way at 180. And pe- voters have to, to think about, you know, we represent the people are voters in Little Rock, not vice versa. We get elected, and all of a sudden we start representing what Little Rock wants, not what the people that elected us want. And that's going to be central to my message. I've been very consistent in how I voted. Uh, this is my third term in the House. My votes have been very consistent and in accordance with what I promised the voters I would do. Right. And I'll continue that in the Senate. I'll, I'll, and we appreciate it. Yeah, I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, Dan Sullivan is a conservative, yep. and I love you for it. I well, really I appreciate do. that. You vote the way you talk. Vote the way you talk, and, you know, we will. Uh, of course, if you are you have listeners that are interested in helping our campaign, you can find us on Facebook or at the web at Sullivan for Arkansas. You know, the Senate race, more so than the House, is affects statewide. So even though I'm, I'm located up in Craighead County in northeast Arkansas, the votes that I'll make will affect the whole state. Correct. So we need support statewide and uh, to, for people to weigh in and say it's time for a change, we want people who will who will be faithful to their word and keep their promises. It's the most important thing we can do as legislators. I'll tell you what. You were in my top four conservatives in the House. Number one was Robert Lund. 
I'm a huge Robert Lund fan. Yeah. Number two nice. was Josh. All right. Josh yeah. Miller is about you can break most liberal thought on that rock. And I'm he's a saying. lot of fun, too. Yes, he is. He's more fun than me. I'll admit that. And then <laughs> dry humor. Right? And then you. All right. And then uh, I'm, I'm a big Mayberry fan as well because yeah. she she took on the governor a couple of times at last session. Well, and again, was, you know, that's a perfect statement to follow up that we represent our our district down here in Little Rock. And people get down here in Little Rock, and all of a sudden now they're representing Little Rock back in our home district. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, they, they tell you if, I, if you want to stay in, in the legislature, all you got to do is do what you're told, and you can pass every bill. So when you have legislators saying, I passed every bill I ran, that ought to give you a clue that they didn't represent their district. Because there are things that we do in our district that, that the administration may not agree with and that we continually stand for our district and the people who elected us. All right. I'm just about out of time, Dan. That's fine. So I'm, I want you to give everybody the information they need to get a hold of your campaign. Sure. Sullivan for Arkansas uh, on our website and on our Facebook page. Either way, you can look us up. My phone number's on there. Uh, please give me a call. We'll be knocking doors really soon. We're always taking donations. Uh, you, know, you have to have money to run a campaign. So 5 or $10 helps. Every little bit helps. Uh, again, just give me a call, and we'll schedule you to come up and knock doors or um, you know, help us in any way we can. And I really appreciate opportunities to come on your show here. You're available anytime. You call me, you send me an email, we'll get you on. Great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Because I support Republicans. Amen. Me too. <laughs> I appreciate you, Dan. Thanks. Thank you very much. I just got a message from Robert uh, Robert Steinbach. He asked Dan that you stick around so he can he wants to talk to you. Okay, we'll do. All right, so he'll be here any moment. I think David Ray is going to come by. I just saw Trent Garner go by. You know they, what they do is they they walk by to make sure I know that they're ready to go. So anyway, we'll come back in a moment. we got news for you. Here's what's happening. We are at the Rotunda in the state capitol. Usually they make me sit up one floor above. They don't let me come down here on the Rotunda, but that's, that's okay. That's all right. Today I get to come down here because today is filing day. And uh, joining us, you'll remember we had this guy on, man, about two, maybe three months ago. Was it that long? Yeah, it was uh, it was the end of August when I announced. Okay. We had uh, David Ray on, and he is running for Doug House's old seat. And he is here. He put down his $3,000 today. That means he's really serious about, about running and uh, wants to be the representative for District? District 40. Yeah, 40. absolutely. Northern Pulaski, Southern Faulkner County. And you're right, Dave, I am I am serious about running because... Our state has serious issues that need to be addressed. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, limited government conservative. And I believe that. And he ain't crapping on that. Cha-ching. I'm just saying, it's the truth. Cha-ching, we know it. This is the truth because he's got a record. His record are, is American for Prosperity. He was state director. He led the charge many times on limited government. He led the charge on making sure everybody understood what limited government was all about and that it could be done without causing undue hardship on people. And then uh, he went and worked with the lieutenant governor, 
who is anything but not a conservative. He's a huge conservative. And now he wants to step out and make a real difference in legislation. That's right, Dave. And I, that, that's one thing that I think makes me different from any other candidate running in District 40 in my race is that I'm a proven conservative with a track record that you can look at. You know, I have spent the over, well over the last decade of my life working to advance our shared conservative principles and, and values and policies. Uh, I was a senior advisor to Senator Tom Cotton's oh, campaign. Oh, I forgot to mention that. The U.S. Senate, where yeah. we helped defeat uh, liberal Democrat Mark Pryor, who cast the deciding vote for Obamacare. Uh, who voted for liberal judges on the court. So I've um, led in that arena. I have, uh, for the last three years, been the chief of staff to our lieutenant governor, Tim Griffin, and I've worked hand-in-hand with him to help lower taxes on hardworking Arkansans, help expand school choice, and and work to make government uh, leaner, smarter, more efficient with your hard-earned taxpayer dollars. In our office, we've cut our budget by 16%, uh, and we froze it there. We've reduced the number of employees. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Griffin gets tremendous credit for that, and I have, uh, I'm proud to have been a part of his team. I've also, as you mentioned, uh, been the state director of Americans for Prosperity Arkansas. Who we, believe in limited government. Where we led the fight to defeat hundreds of millions of dollars in tax increases. I have a, a proven track record of working to lower tax increase or lower taxes in Arkansas, working to defeat tax increases, not raise them, um, as others do. And so... Um, you know, that's why I'm, I'm getting in this race for state representative, because I think we need more people in Little Rock, not less, who are committed to fighting for these values, uh, who are not weak-kneed Republicans, who are, who are going to be strong on these issues. Because, look, uh, our state is ranked 48th in business climate, according to the Tax Foundation. Um, we have to do more to let hard, hardworking taxpayers keep more of what they earn. And, uh, that, you know, that's a big reason why I'm running. Plus... So many of our fundamental American values are under assault today, whether it's the Second Amendment and you have folks like Beto O'Rourke and Bernie Sanders and so forth. Hopefully we're the, not going to hear from Beto. Well, that's true. But, you know, his, <laughs> uh, his policies uh, are shared by many of, yes, of, yeah, of his correct. fellow candidates. And so, um, you know, whether it's the Second Amendment, whether it's religious liberty, whether it's freedom of speech, so many of our fundamental values in this country are under assault by the radical left. And we need uh, elected officials here in Arkansas that are not afraid to stand up and fight against that. I love listening to David Ray talk. I well, used to love having him on my show from Americans for Prosperity because he could come in and you could hear the politicians talk about this or that program and, and make it sound like coconut cream pie with extra meringue on top. He'd come in and say, yeah, but cut deep into it, Dave, and you'd show the problem. It's, it's politician talk versus plain talk. That's, and that's and what David can do. And I believe that's part of why Mr. Trump was elected, and I believe that's part of why Mr. Ray will be elected. Yeah. And, I, and I think yeah. you, know the, you know the stresses that are involved, too. Sure, absolutely. Look, I, had, I, told, uh, I told one person that I was, uh, that, you know, they said, why, why are you running? You know people are going to call you up and cuss you out and say all kinds of nasty things to you. And I said, What's new? I work in state government. <laughs> well, I work in the lieutenant governor's office. I already talked to I'm folks used all to the that. time. So absolutely. Been there, so. done that, got a T-shirt and everything. Yeah, I got, yeah. Yeah, got the T-shirt from it. So um, Hanging on the wall, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well, and as an incumbent, I really like the fact that we have a proven voting record that we can go true. look that's at. That's true. That's the whole big thing about, about David. We know where he stands on literally every big issue that's, that's out right. there. And, I, you know, I don't have a voting record, but I do have a track record. You, yeah. can, track look record. At, you can look at my actions and, and see what I've done and who I've 
um, who I've worked for. Um, what you advocated for and absolutely. Never, never backed off. You know, whether it's lowering taxes or working to roll back onerous, burdensome regulation, you know, I helped work with Senator Jim, uh, Senator Bart Hester and Representative Jim Dotson to repeal our state's prevailing wage mandate, you know, an unnecessary regulation that will save taxpayers millions of dollars. So um, I, I'm excited to continue that work in the House of Representatives if I'm fortunate enough to be trusted by the voters of District 40 and um, just excited to get out on the campaign trail and continue meeting folks um, all across the district and just uh, running through the finish line. I'm going to say something politically incorrect here. We just had a Chinese fire drill, so relax. Nothing big is happening There's a lot of people changing seats. Yeah, people are changing seats right now. Robert Steinbach has joined us. Are you familiar with Robert? I am. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. I'm trying to give David money with something. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. He's got plenty of time to take it from you. Yeah, Robert's a strong defender of transparency in government and uh, free speech and Many of the same things that I care deeply about. All right. So uh, your primary, I want to make sure, because I had uh, Richard uh, McGrew on, who's running for Mickey Gates' old seat. He's coming up on his primary. It's in December. But yours is in March, correct? Right. March 3rd will be the the Republican primary, the same day that, you know, the president's on the ballot here in Arkansas will be my primary. And so um, the other thing I didn't mention, Dave, and folks listening may want to know, you know, I am very honored to have the support in my race of Senator Tom Cotton. He has endorsed me. Good. Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin has endorsed me in this race. Um, You know, I have the support of every justice of the peace that lives in District 40. Um, wow. Uh, five five JPs in, in um, Faulkner County have endorsed me, including Jim Houston, who represents all of Mayflower, mm-hmm. um, Tyler Lahowski, Lahau- uh, um, you know, Steve Good, um, Andy Schock, former sheriff of Faulkner County. Andy's a good man. Me. Absolutely. So um, got a lot of great support, but we're not stopping. I'm not slowing down. I'm just going to continue to well, you uh, know build this, this campaign. More than anybody else, you can't slow down. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's too much at stake for our state. Um, We need principled conservatives who are going to um, not just go along to get along, not just be button pushers, but who will really lead from the front. And that's um, that's what I hope to do if I'm trusted with uh, to represent the voters of District 40. And you know that militating against those wonderful endorsements is the fact that I'm also endorsing David. And nonetheless, I think he'll win. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Despite the fact that I'm supporting his candidacy. But no, in all seriousness, uh, I I strongly endorse David. Uh, My endorsement is secondary to those luminaries that he mentioned. But this is a person, as we well know, Dave, uh, who... um, is for uh, he is for transparency. He mentioned that, but he's he's for uh, making sure that our taxes don't go up. Not because we all don't have desires for different uh, things to happen that are positive in our lives, but upon the the realistic realization that we already pay too much, and at some point we have to say enough is enough. And when uh, David worked uh, with uh, the lieutenant governor for some time, and the lieutenant 
governor, who we both uh, support as well uh, when he's going to run for governor, uh, is a strong believer in limited government and allowing individuals to keep at least some of the money that they actually earn. And uh, David is uh, entirely behind that. And for that, those reasons alone, but many others, uh, that's why uh, David should be in the House. All right. Thank you, Rob. Sure. Of course Look, I, I just have a fundamental belief that raising taxes should be the last resort, not the first option. Exactly. Government already taxes too much and spends too much. We have to make government live within its means. And, look, I just have a fundamental belief that, that ordinary Arkansans know best how to spend their hard-earned money, uh, not some bureaucrat in Little Rock. And um, I support letting them keep more of what they earn. And it'll have the byproduct of making our state more competitive for business, uh, for jobs, as we're competing against other states. Look, we have to make changes to improve our business climate. Because states like Tennessee and Texas and Florida and North Carolina and Indiana, you know, they have been lapping us in over the last couple of decades in terms of improving their business climate to attract more good-paying jobs. And we've got to catch up. Yeah, well, my sister lives in liberal Massachusetts and apparently pays less taxes than I do. So to say that we got to catch up is, is certainly the truth. Uh, enough is enough on increasing taxes. And guess what? Once you get beyond 100% of what I take in, there ain't no more. Okay. Absolutely. So i got to ask this question of you, David, and then I'll let you run. Because I know your wife's here. I saw your child. Cutie. Thank you so Isn't much. She, she just turned to our daughter, Charlotte, and then we've got... A baby boy on the way in. Uh, oh, you in got January. one in the oven, huh? Yeah, that's oh, right. Absolutely. Cool. So we'll have one Can of Can I each. say that, that now? Can I, I don't say know. that. I don't even I just don't know. I'm not, don't know you're not allowed to talk, Dave. The, just ru- the rules change every day. <laughs> it does. Exactly. It really does. You've been a moving target on those things. The half cent sales tax that the governor is asking Arkansans to approve in perpetuity. All right. I am adamantly opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's better ways to fund the highways. I, I had a I've had some people on here recently that are Republicans and they've said, well, I would think that we, we need to keep our our roads as good. We got more roads and blah, blah, blah. And I said, we got too many roads. What are you talking about? What do we what do you, what's your thoughts? I'll put you on the, I'm yeah, put no, you on the spot. Well, now. let me just say this. To, to say that we have to choose between good roads and low taxes is a, is a false choice. We can have both. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is there are a lot of ways that states go about funding transportation. I'm, I am a big believer in utilizing the existing resources that we have um, and dedicating a portion of our general revenue to highway roads and highways and infrastructure. Um, you know, when the half-cent sales tax was passed, it was promised by everyone that campaigned for it that it was going to be temporary. And I think we ought to keep our word to the voters when we told them it was going to be temporary. I don't think we need to make it permanent. Um, and, look, Arca- and we don't need to make it a part of the Constitution either. No, that's another – I think that's another key flaw is that we're putting uh, these things in our state constitution. We have no idea what the needs of our state are going to be 20, 30, 40 years from now, and we're tying future legislatures' hands by doing that. Right. Um, you know, and, and frankly, Arkansas is already tied with Tennessee for the number one highest sales tax in the country. So, um, you know, this is, a, this is a, just another tax that's going to impact the, the bottom line of hardworking Arkansans. 
And, you know, I want to see us fund it. Look, we ended the fiscal year with almost a $300 million surplus. And, David, can I add, I was having lunch with a buddy of mine the other day, and I looked at the bill. We went out to a local place. It was 11% tax because they got that so-called hamburger tax on top of the sales tax. I was just going to bring that up because Chris Corbett was on my show Well, he was the one I was having lunch with. (laughs) Well, and going going back, uh, Rob, to my proven track record of of getting things done for conservatives, you know, when Maumel tried to pass a hamburger tax a couple of years back, I was one of the only people that went to the council meetings and spoke out Good forcefully you. against it. Good for And you. I called many of the um, members of the city council and, um, you know, made arguments as to why we didn't need that tax. And right. thankfully, it ended up not passing. Good for Good. you. So. Yes, I'm, I'm not going to take all the credit for it, well, but I, you, you know, take but, what you deserve. But I was, right? you know, I was on the, I was on the front lines trying right. to defeat it. That's right. Good all for right, you. I'm going to let you run. Hey, thank we'll you. We'll have Dave. plenty of time Absolutely. to talk in the future. All right, David Ray, give them the district again. District 40. You can check out my website, www.rayforarkansas.com. R-A-Y-F-O-R. Arkansas.com and find me on Facebook. There you go. I'm going Let's back take a on break. It. And uh, a friend of the show is joining us here in just a moment. Ken Yang's here. We got other people going uh, uh, to join us here as we go along. Robert Steinbach is here as well. Back to the station. Man, I'm back. I almost missed that. Mm-hmm. I had my headphones off. Couldn't hear what's going on. Ken Yang's here. Yes. Ken Yang, is you still working over at uh, Family Life? Oh. I'm still over there at Family Council, and then I think a lot of people know I do political consulting outside of that separate. So, so. you're working on some campaigns now? Uh, yes, just, just a couple. So let me ask a question about this primary we've got coming up in March. I've been saying to some different incumbents here, they didn't like to hear what I'm saying, but uh, bottom line is if you're an incumbent, this helps you because if you're just trying to break through, you can't start campaigning until January. Correct. you got six weeks because early voting starts in the middle of February. Yep. How tough is it to unseat an incumbent? It's tough. Uh, it's especially more tough. Uh, in the in the south, because in the south we we you know we're in the Bible Belt. We like our Sundays. Uh, we like the holiday and Christmas season a little more maybe than maybe than in the north or or the uh, east and west coast. And so it's it, if you bother people, that's a surefire way for them to say, why is this person campaigning during Christmas week or Thanksgiving yeah. week? So makes so sense. <clears throat> and so I do believe it's it's tougher, which which means you have to spend your time being smart, which is fundraising. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, but then I will say this for incumbents, though, um, because it's on the primaries on Super Tuesday and it's a open Democrat uh, presidential race, you'll have less Democrats going into the Republican primary this time. To kind of switch over. Same, same right. thing as we, we were excited when right. we had a choice between Cruz and Rubio and Trump right. four years ago. And so uh, moderate Republicans that could uh, count on Democrats coming over because their friends or whatever won't be able to count on them. And so the more conservative bloc will be voting in the Republican primary. That's so the bottom line point. is very the good. Democrats will be out figuring out 
what crazy do I want to vote for? Well, that's right. But, you, Dave, you and I have talked about the fact that Arkansas is an open primary system, which means any Democrat, Republican, Independent can walk into a Republican primary that day and say, I would like to vote in that primary. Mm-hmm. He can't then vote in the Democratic primary. He has to choose one. But uh, that can lead to some type of manipulation, as Ken is suggesting, where, where Democrats might flood the primary to get a more liberal Republican to win the primary. But when there's an open presidential seat, it makes it a lot more costly for those Democrats to give up their primary vote in the presidential race so as to try to manipulate the Republican local race. So I, uh, Ken is, of course, right. I need not endorse that statement, meaning he knows more than I do to begin with. Uh, but he's, of course, right in saying that that will lead to a more Republic, Republican slash conservative um, uh, uh, vote in the primary. Yeah. And that's good. Yes, it's, it is really good. Yes. Yeah, because, uh, you know, um, and it's good for it, competition is is always good. And right. some, you know, I love our Republican friends, but some of them could y- use some good competition to they use some schooling. Yes. Encourage right. them to uh, <laughs> uh, go over there to the for, to the right or go over to being conservative and being a Republican as they signed up to do. So. When somebody comes to you, Ken, because I know you're conservative, mm-hmm. all right, and they want you to help them run their campaign, do you check uh, by talking to them and finding out about their uh, background and things that they're going to be a conservative? Yes. So, you know, what's different about me, and this is of no offense to the other consultants because I think they're all they're all honestly good, um, but I don't do it for a living. I do it because I'm crazy and, you know, uh, maybe I have too much time after five. You probably wouldn't argue with Yeah. It, so. <laughs> and so um, what I get to do is I get to pick and choose the few uh, clients that I have and the time that I have. And I get to choose the real conservative ones, the ones that I want to have a personal relationship with or ones that I already have a personal relationship with. And I get to make sure that their spouse is on board. That's the number one important thing before conservative, not conservative or whatever is, is your spouse on board because it's a disaster if your family is not on board and you don't need to be running if your family is not on board you better believe that um and then two yes i do check i not only check their voting record i ask people in their community ask people that know them uh, and then i meet with them and then i make make my decision because i don't want to ever get into the arena where i'm just a you know hired hand and someone says here have this and then you sign them and before you know it it's uh someone that's a democrat running as a republican all right well i'm going to make uh, the statement i make to a lot of people uh, to you especially and that is the microphone is always available to ken yang you uh, give me a call and come on and don't make yourself a you know a stranger on this show of course i'll, I'll uh, make sure that i'm back uh, sooner it's in the best time of the year yes the uh the race has begun. Do you got that? You got that call for me? Give me the call to the post. Here, here's here's what's going on. That's what's going on. The racing form is on the big TVs here in the rotunda, and. Uh, the uh, the race is about to begin. When we come back from the news, I got Senator Alan Clark here. He's been out doing stuff. How dare you? We'll have him and we'll talk policy with him here in just a moment.
So if you didn't know, today is filing day, first day of filing. It goes until next Tuesday. And the reason it goes to Tuesday and doesn't cut off on Monday is because Monday is Veterans Day. Oh, glad you reminded me, frankly. All the offices here in the state are closed that day, so it will be Tuesday that they will finish up. So usually the biggest crowds are today and then a big but not as big as today on Friday because some people like to hedge their bets to the end and see who all is going to decide to run. And if they see somebody that, you know, shakes their foundation – they Maybe they don't want to put down the 3000 or $7,500 check that it takes to, to run for office. Senator Alan Clark's with us. What have you been up to, man, all summer long? You've been traveling, haven't you? Uh, yes, we went to uh, Ireland just recently, but, but mainly just been out in the district. Um, uh, from, you know, October has been one fall fest after another. Uh, and uh, football games, and uh, I've always got out a lot to uh, – talk to constituents and see what's going on and that's mainly what i've been doing is it the same concerns that you've been hearing or are there new ones that are starting to pop up um the same but uh, except uh, mental health uh is coming up a lot i think uh that you know most people that i run into are against red flag laws but the other component of that is the mental health side is that a lot of times uh people have a family member uh, that is a uh, maybe threatening the family, maybe threatening people in church, maybe threatening people at work, and it's uh, uh, very hard to do anything about it. Law enforcement, uh, as in a meeting where law enforcement talked about it, that they had a very tough problem with doing anything, even for a three-day hold. And so we really need to. Uh, we're not hearing that just in one place. Um, and um, and I think we've got other mental health issues. I think you know a lot of the things that uh, go back to when we. Uh, put out everyone out of the mental health uh, mental hospitals back in the 80s uh, are beginning to catch up with us and uh, or at least we're beginning to become conscious of them and uh, I think that uh, we're gonna have to work on that some all right you've been one of the major movers and shakers with DHS are you getting more what's the best way I don't want to say happy you, you you're feeling good about the way things are moving? Uh, Dave, of course, I, I'm laughing. Uh, yes, I'm okay. happy about the way things are moving. Well, you've been working hard at this for how many years yes. now? And uh, But, you know, I was thinking about, you know, one of my staff at the store called me the last day of the month or the first day of the month and said, you know, how about, you know, we just had the best month we've had since the reception. How about an attaboy? And I about getting with it for this next month (laughs) and and so you kind of you know my sometimes i'm not as appreciative as i should be but yes i'm appreciative i'm very appreciative of the work that we've done uh and that uh the the governor's help what dcfs has done um what mission martin has done uh we passed 15 bills just in my name uh in child welfare reform during the session i think we passed 22 total and uh, but we have such a long ways to go. But uh, but I'm happy in the direction that we're going. So how how has this led this uh, change with the governor where he's, you know, cutting departments down and rearranging everything? How how is that? Is that going to be a, a help or a hindrance? I I don't know. The jury's out. I have always assumed that there 
me being me, that there wouldn't be that much change, that it's a rearrangement. I respected the fact as a CEO that instead of having, I think it was 60 people or so that are supposed to report to him, it would only be 15 or 20. Uh, I think that part makes sense. I think in the end, uh, it's like the people who want countywide school districts. I tell people, you have the same amount of administration, whether you have a, a small district or you have big districts, because then you have assistant superintendents and you have all these other things. Uh, so you uh, we'll see uh, how it works. I, I, I applaud the governor's uh, taking it uh, and working on it along with the legislature helping him. And I applaud the fact that he's trying to streamline government and trying to uh, make it more efficient, which is a uh, difficult task. Yeah, I got Stephen Meeks in the wings. I'll be bringing him on after you, and he can probably talk about this even more so and and what what's happening and why. Uh, it's long, long overdue. I mean, it really, really is. I mean, we got to go back to the 70s, if I'm not mistaken, to see anything like this before. So what are some of the big things that you're, uh, you're marking on your calendar uh, for 2021? Because 2020 is, you know, just going in and fixing a few things, uh, scraping barnacles off the boat, so to speak. You're going to be in 2021. You guys got some big issues coming. You know, I've got a number of small bills that constituents have brought to me that I, I continue to have them written as we go. But my major focus will still be DCFS and still be education. Uh, although, you know, the thing as I chair judiciary now is justice period, Dave. You know, and I, uh, the, you know, we had, the, I don't know what bill was being run, but during the session, we were talking about, you know, what do we do when you've got a judge in place that's, not necessarily doing a good job or making bad decisions. And wow, one name comes to mind, but go well, ahead. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, we had three judges. One? one? We, we had three judges at the end of the table, and one of them said, well, you know, you, can, you know, that's why we have the appeals process. Well, theoretically, that's true. You know, I'm just a country boy, and I had just learned in the two weeks prior that it cost thirty to $50,000 to get in the door to appeal. And I informed the judge that lots of us don't have thirty to $50,000, so the appeals process is out. We don't have that option if we don't get justice in the court. Right. And so uh, I think uh, that uh, Justice Kemp, Chief Justice Kemp, uh, I applaud a lot of the things he's doing, what I see. And I'm sure he's doing some things that I don't see. I, I think he's... Uh, trying to head the courts in the right direction, and we have lots of wonderful judges. You know, whenever you start talking about these things, you always everybody gets uptight. Uh, we have lots of wonderful judges that, that do great. But if you've got, if you're in the court where it's not a wonderful judge, uh, and they have the final say, because there's hard, there's not very many people more powerful in this state than a circuit judge, uh, and they have the final say, and it wasn't justice, uh, then uh, that's a problem. And so uh, I think we want to look at that. I don't think it's something we'll necessarily look at in the session, but long term uh, we need to, to look at what can we do. Uh, but on DCFS, uh, I don't know if we'll get it done in one session, uh, but Georgia more recently and Minnesota uh, have opened up their child welfare courts. They've made them transparent. Now, a judge still has ultimate authority to close the court if he's thinking, you know, some terrible sexual abuse or something. Uh, but I'm going to uh, doing my best to get the Georgia uh, judges here. Uh, the one we presented with them in Washington at the end of the session uh, to the American Bar Association on child welfare reform. And uh, the judge that did the main presentation is the former uh, president of the National Juvenile Judges Association. They recommend transparency. They recommend open courts. 
And uh, I want not just the legislature to hear what she has to say. I want as, to get as many of our judges there as possible to hear what she has to say, because uh, the more transparency we have, the better system we will have. hundred percent. You know, as the co-author of the Arkansas, the treatise on the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act, no doubt I'm pro-transparency, and that includes in courts. And I am often disappointed when judges are resistant to transparency in their venues, but want it everywhere else. And I will add uh, my own commentary, Senator, which is I still think that the I think the legislature still needs to address what we're going to do in terms of suing the state now that we have the sovereign immunity uh, decision from the Supreme Court, because the Claims Commission is actually an able body, but it's not sufficient. And we can't have it that people have no recourse against the state. I don't want the state paying out huge judgments that come out of taxpayer uh, pockets. But by the same token, I don't want to run away unaccountable state. I think you're correct. And, you know, what we were faced with in this last session was we can only uh, refer out three. Right. And we had so many. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job I of choosing so. the three. I agree. Uh, but we had a couple that were right there, and that's one of them, That uh, because you are exactly right. I, I'll just shut up because I can't say any better than you said it. But, but that we definitely have to uh, approach that this next session. Thank All right. You. I got one last question, and we'll go to break, and that is for the senator. What's your feeling on the half-cent sales tax that is going to be voted on next year for uh, roads? What is my feeling? Yeah, how do you how do you support? Dave, I really haven't given any thought. I went, I would, I just happened to be out in part of my district year and a half before all this took place, and I was visiting people, going by different stores, banks, just seeing the public in general, and I said, you know, instead of just saying hi, how are you doing? Let's talk about an issue, mm-hmm. and I brought up roads and highways and so on, and the people told me, uh, two th- one, they said, you know. Highways are in bad shape. Roads are in bad shape because, you know, part of the money always comes back to the counties and cities. Right, right. Uh, but they told me, and I was in the minority, uh, they told me, said, whatever you do, don't vote uh, for any tax for the highways, which I didn't. And the, but they said, but we, uh, we are for you putting it on the ballot for us to decide. And so I'm for, you know, we need, uh, you know, you, having been to a, a third world country, uh, infrastructure uh, becomes very apparent how important it is. And we need that infrastructure. We need good highways, et cetera. On the other hand, people bring up they're unhappy with the highway department. That's another thing that they bring up is they would like that to be uh, less independent. And I'm not sure, you know, I, I've studied the history. I know the problems we had before it was made independent constitutionally. And so I'm not sure how, uh, how you do it where you don't go back to those problems. And I do think, uh, not that they don't do a good job, but I think that uh, they're a little more independent than, than a lot of the legislature would like to. So, but, but, and so I think that, um, you know, I will reserve how I'm going to vote till we get closer to uh, November. Okay. Uh, but, um, uh, again, the people, you know, the feeling I got from the people I talked to is that they would vote for it. Uh, but but they didn't they didn't say that they said you put it on the ballot and let us decide and so that's where I'm at is we'll, we'll let we'll see what the people want to do come the next November. All right, Senator, I'll let you go. You've been here all day, so 
Go home and relax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be around midnight. I'm trying but. to be nice. <laughs> but Just thank trying you. trying to be nice. Thank you. Thanks for coming and by. Thank you it's for always what you a pleasure. Today. All right, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. We'll be back. Stephen Meeks is up next, and we got things to talk to him about, about technology. That's coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I got to tell you, John Thurston was on the Secretary of State earlier in the show, and I've known John since he ran for land commissioner, mm-hmm. and I got behind him. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, I was at work, and Joe Booker came into my studio. Joe, of course, is the main talk show host on Power. I see. And came in, and he says, Dave, have you heard this crazy ad and this white guy? And I go, no. And he played this ad for me, and I said, what's so crazy about that, Joe? Let's hear it. Okay, so I got it for you. This is John Thurston back in 2010. Here we go. Hello, I'm John Thurston. I'm on staff at Agape Church in West Little Rock, and I'm running for state land commissioner. I'm one white boy who understands black Arkansans. My wife, who passed away three and a half years ago, was a beautiful black woman. I want to represent you, my brothers and sisters, and I'm asking for your vote. My name is John Thurston, and I'm running for state land commissioner. For more information, go to votethurston.com. This ad paid for by the John Thurston for State Land Commissioner campaign. Now, there, there's people still today say that was such a gutsy ad. That's just, that's one of those ads that just rings with truth. Well, here's it. Dave, we've talked about this before, which is the left always plays identity politics. And then here's a conservative who just points out facts, mind you, about identity. Mm-hmm. But he's a white guy. Yeah. And you're not allowed to do that, apparently. Yeah. OK, Good so saying. I don't I don't subscribe to that, needless to say. And let me say that I, I played that twice today. It's mm-hmm. just because I think it's a strong commercial. It's spot on. And on top of it, I think John Thurston's one of the most honorable politicians I have ever no, I do like Steve Meeks a lot. All right, but close I second. that I've got, yeah, very <laughs> close second to uh, John Thurston. I can I, John tells me something I can take it to the bank. That's great. Same thing with Steve. Yeah, take it to the bank. That's great. So uh, I'm going to start off with the same question I just asked the senator. All right, I asked uh, asked Steve, what do you think? You know, we I mean we got until November of next year mm-hmm. before we vote on this, but it's going to be on the ballot, and that's that half cent sales tax, which goes into in perpetuity and is part of the state constitution right. to supposedly help roads. I've already talked to David Ray about it and some other people. What's your take on it? Well, I was part of the General Assembly that first passed that half-cent sales tax back uh, 2011 session, I think, is when we did it. And uh, part of the promise that we made to the citizens of the state back at that point was it was going to be for 10 years. It was going to pay off the bonds. Once the bonds were paid off, that was going to be it, and it was going to go away. And so when that came up in the general session, I actually spoke against it to renewing it because in my mind, we're breaking a promise. And how many times have uh, politicians come to the citizens and said, Hey, hey, we're going to do this for a certain period of time, and at the end of that period of time, it's going to sunset and go away. And I think most of your listeners would agree that you take that promise with a grain of salt because it always gets broken. That's, That's the problem. And That's here, the problem. And here we are trying to break it again. That's right. And so I spoke against it for that reason in the well, and obviously I was in the minority. It got out. And uh, so uh, when I go on the election booth next November, I will be voting in opposition to it. Does it irritate you when they say it's not a tax increase because it's a tax that's already there? 
Oh. Yeah, just a little, you know. I mean, yeah. that just yeah. grinds on. Uh, it yeah. chaps me. I and, mean, really bad. Yeah. And in particular, when it's a tax that was designed to go away. Go away. Yes. I, I come originally, as you and your listeners know, Dave, from New York, from the Northeast, where there's a lot of toll roads. We don't have that quite so much down mm-hmm. here. And those toll roads were built, and they were. it was always, always promised. Well, once the roads paid off, those booths go away. Go away. They never go never. away. When I was up uh, in New York fairly recently, as you and your audience know, I was taking care of my mother. Uh, She was ill, and we would drive quite a distance to take her for specialized cancer care. And we paid round trip, one trip, 25 bucks in tolls. Wow. One trip. Well, I I just took a trip to Boston. Right. And uh, to cross... over into New York to go right. up into New England. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you're paying 15 20 It's like $15 right. to go through the Lincoln Tunnel. That's right. And if you hit it during rush hour, you get to enjoy it for an hour and a half. That's right. <laughs> and those, that was a type of toll. Yeah. It was a different bridge, but it was essentially that same toll that mm-hmm. I, I was paying and did it both ways. Yeah. So there's your $25 charge. It, yeah. was, uh, it was ridiculous. Oh, and, yeah. and on top of that, they give you a piece of paper say, saying, circle any place along that you see any leaks. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? oh, in, in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Mark the holes in the yeah, tunnel. Definitely. That's right. All right. So, Stephen, you had a meeting today dealing with technology. Right. right. Uh, I was talking to Carolyn Brown earlier and uh, talking about uh, the, the changes that they've made uh, here in the state government. And I was talking to David Ray about it and how that was going to affect uh, a lot of the things that are kind of going, mm-hmm. going to happen. I even mentioned it to uh, Senator uh, Clark. How is that going, Jim? I mean, you're, you're making things a lot tighter. Right. Uh, is it going to change in, in any way the way government is run? Definitely. So, you know, I as a lawmaker, one of the things that I, I am looking for, and one of the reasons why I, I got to obviously got silly and run crazy and put my name on a ballot, <laughs> is because I wanted to make the, our, our state a better place. And I think as I will look back, this is probably the initiative that I'll be the most proud of. Um, back in 2015, I actually passed the legislation that put this all into motion, and the... Um, uh, the way it was, it's always been done is all the different agencies had their data, and that data was siloed. And every agency felt that they owned that data, and they weren't. They, they were very skeptical of sharing that data with other agencies. And so what we did with that legislation is we created the data and transparency panel. So we bring all the major agencies together and get them to sit down and start talking about how are we going to standardize the data, what are some use cases that we can look at to find efficiencies? Hold your thought. Take the news and then back, and we've got another 10 minutes or so with uh, Mr. Steven Meeks. Meeks. All right, we're back. We're at the Rotunda. We're sitting in the Capitol. It's filing day, which means that uh, the people who have been you know, running their mouths for a year or so, saying they're going to run for this or run for that, uh, by next Tuesday, we'll have to put down the money to be able to do it. We call that put up or shut up. That's exactly well. That's exactly that's where right. we are going to be at. Uh, filing goes through next Tuesday because Monday is Veterans Day. So God bless them. It would be Monday, but right. it's going to be Tuesday. So Good. Keep uh, that in mind. Stephen Meeks, state representative, is with us. I got a great ad for you. I was just thinking about it. It'd be one of those kind of a John Thurston and. Kind of add. 
Hi, this is Stephen Meeks. I know what it's like to work hard to support your family. Yeah, sure, sure. I used to deliver pizzas Mm -hmm. to pay the bills. Absolutely. I'll make sure smaller government... You know, blah, blah. I'm just t- that's no, no. But, that's the ad. But there's a real truth to that because, and we were talking about this with David Ray. The fact is that we pay too much in taxes, and you have sometimes these limousine liberals. And I realize that's a tagline, but the fact is, it's also often true. Lim- limousine right. Republicans. That's right as too. well. That is exactly right. Living in gated communities, telling you that you can pay more in taxes, and the fact is, uh, there are plenty. Of people who can't pay more, that's and then there right. are people like me who uh, I certainly don't want to pay more. Well, that's right, and and, <laughs> and the reason I don't want to pay more is not because I don't support uh, some role for government, but at some point you need to say this behemoth is out of control, and that's yep. uh, we know for a fact that government doesn't need more feeding. Uh, it needs it, whatever it wants it needs to, to be do. put on a diet. That's yeah. right. And yeah. it, whatever it's doing, it, it has more than enough food to do it. So get it done. All right. Rick, Beck and I were just walking out of the education committee, and this is kind of a sidebar. But uh, one of the groups was talking about what they would like to see come, and, Rick, and they spent like an hour t- telling us about it. And, uh, and I don't think Rick will mind me sharing this, but uh, he said, I can sum it up for you. We need more money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's too much with that. Everybody what? needs more money. Here's yeah. the thing. That's not necessarily an untrue statement because right. I could go use, find it somewhere right. else. Right. I can use more unicorns and rainbows. But the fact <laughs> is that uh, there's a point beyond which the uh, Arkansan taxpayer has to be able to take his money and make decisions about his own life. life that's right. Right? And government yep. shouldn't be making these decisions yep. for us. Individuals should make these decisions. Yep. It's about yep. freedom. Yep. And when, when I, I mentioned in the previous segment, I went out to a local restaurant. I paid 11% in sales tax because mm-hmm. that also includes the hamburger tax. You must have been in Conway. No, but I was local in Little Rock, right, but it's okay. the same thing. Yep. You're right. Conway's the same exact thing. And, and here's the thing. That's after I paid half, uh, over half of my income to state and federal government. Oh, right? and, and there's hidden taxes yep. That's left right. and right. That's You're right. paying yep. about 65%. No, even more, I think. Uh, even more. more. Maybe yep. is it more? Okay. Yes. But, so let me give you principle three and four. This is from the Republican platform. Individual responsibility and initiative. Mm-hmm. And then right after that. Individual freedom and liberty secured by a what? Limited government. government. That's right. Yep. Definitely. Go ahead, Stephen. And so, kind of getting back to this technology initiative. Yeah. Um, Take you back to that. that. that that's Waste exactly kind of. No, that's all right. That's kind of what we're what 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 the goal of this is. Um, since that time, I've con, uh, convinced them we've had a sea change that the data does not belong. It actually belongs to the citizens of the state of Arkansas. Amen. And they are actually just the stewards of the data. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Freedom and, of information, you know? Oh, yeah. And so what we're trying to do is we're, we're, we're getting them to work together now and look at how we can share data assets to better serve the citizens of Arkansas. That's great. And just some of the early use cases that we've come up with have shown incredible early results. Uh, simple, for instance, um, they took the uh, folks that are incarcerated currently in the state of Arkansas, mm-hmm. ran it against Social Security databases, mm-hmm. and uh, 
lo and behold, they found prisoners that were using four-plus Social Security of numbers. Course, they found other inmates that were using Social Security numbers of people who had been dead for over 100 years. They had other inmates that were using Social Security numbers that didn't even exist. Well, right. how surprising yeah. that criminals would be gaining yeah. them in the system. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then uh, uh, to piggyback on that, they can take the data, because right now the way it works in... in um, uh, when someone gets out and they look at what program they want to try to put them through to help uh, integrate them back into the to society, they're looking at data that's sometimes six, seven months old. Right. Whereas what this will do by integrating the data, it will allow them to look at the information real time, run analytics wow. on that individual, and say, at this point in time, based on your circumstance, this is the program that's best suited for you. So we're making decisions on real time with the best possible outcome. Instead of guessing based upon old data, we can see what the current present the current prison level is today, real time, so that the the folks who are making decisions can make real time data or making real time decisions on on real time data, and it's not just going to be limited just to the efficiencies within the government. Part of this is also how do we improve the lives of the average Arkansas citizen? So imagine a future where uh, it comes time to renew your driver's license. You get your phone or your computer. You pull up the Arkansas app. You renew your driver's license, and while you're there, it says, by the way, it's time to renew your hunter's license. Uh, your business license needs to be renewed. Your voter ID needs kind to be like updated. Sam, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all in one spot for the citizen. You need to update your address. You update at one location, all state government gets it. Because, I mean, just something as simple as bad addresses, as you can imagine, especially when you get down to the county and the city level, they waste thousands of dollars a year on just bad addresses. And, of course, the consumer, the the public, the citizen suffers as well when some important governmental information is sent to an old address. I've had that happen on more than one occasion. Sure, sure. And, you know, the the assessors, there was a situation where there was a bad assessment, and so the assessors, they had to send out a a letter that cost the county $20,000, and, of course... Bad addresses, again, wasted money. And so those are just a few simple examples. You know, there was one from the state of Michigan that I love. They were having trouble finding dads who weren't staying up with their child support Mm -hmm. because the agency didn't have current addresses. Sure. Well, Michigan got smart, checked it with the hunter registration data, and lo and behold, they found over half the dads that were missing. There you go. So, again, the state government had the data. It was just in disparate sets. So just like, uh, you know, anybody that's running a a major business is, you know, they've been doing analytics on their data for a long time. Of course. We as state government have not been doing that. And so this is an effort. uh, We're currently in the phase where we're cataloging, trying to figure out what all data that we do have so we have those catalogs and then beginning um what we're having meetings right now to um decide what we want the division to look like that's going to be handling these these datas and uh and looking at uh um what products are going to produce what analytics we're going to make make available get that groundwork laid uh, maybe as soon as the fiscal session and, uh, you know, start seeing some fruits from this. And it'll create efficiencies both within the, in the state government and at the same time it'll create benefits for the citizens of the state. So it's a great win-win project. Okay, we're, we're running low on time. I, I'm going to have you back on and maybe bring you in for an hour and we can okay. spend enough time and really dissect It's this an important topic. Yeah. It is. It's a huge yeah. topic. Yeah. Yeah. So last question is... Uh, What's going on with broadband? I know you guys were wrestling with that at sure. the end of the session. We're 
have we gone from there? So um, this past spring, the uh, governor announced that uh, the state is going to be putting $25 million into a grant. That's the first time the state has actually put money into the broadband uh, uh, issue since I've been down here. So it's a great step forward. Uh, the IT committee is going to be meeting on Wednesday to learn more about that and um, to see uh you know, kind of uh, what the specifics of the program are, uh, what possibilities for expansion that are included, uh, because it's not just state money, because the problem you get into is there's also federal money out there, and you've got to make sure the two aren't competing. There's also federal grants that are available, so we want to take that $25 million, leverage it potentially with some uh, federal grants to get the biggest bang for our buck. Um, this current uh, program the twenty five million dollars what the governor wants to do is focus on small communities in rural areas so it 's not actually the rural areas it 's the small communities and the thought is if we can get those small communities all connected with high speed internet that then you can use those as hubs to then reach out into the areas around them. The problem is is twenty five million dollars it 's a lot of money but when, for a project of this size, it's actually extremely small potatoes. And what you can end up doing is you can end up diluting the money across the state and see very little results. So the idea, and of course, everyone can fight over, hey, it needs to be over here. And all the infighting, and you end up with nothing. So what the governor did is he said, let's focus on this is an achievable goal. This is a, uh, an amount of money that we can use to get us there. And so I think it's a first good step to uh, trying to resolve that. And, of course, um, uh, I've uh, talked with some of the folks from uh, SpaceX about the Starlink satellite system, which uh, could potentially be an uh, answer to rural Internet. Basically, anybody in the state who's got a view of the sky can access that system. And so That would uh, be cool. Yeah. And so that may solve a lot of that issue. Um, It may bring costs down, too. Yeah, yeah, because you you start creating competition. Um, So um, I've been having some preliminary discussions with them about, you know, timelines, capabilities, things like that, so that as we move forward, at some point, do we say, okay, this is going to solve the problem, private sector is taking care of it, we no longer need to invest state dollars in it, or is it a combination, okay, well, maybe we still need to invest some state dollars in these certain areas. And so those, those are still questions that remain to be answered, and uh, uh, you know, we'll continue to look at that as you know, we go into the future. Now, Stephen, you've been doing a great job. Thank you, sir. And I appreciate keep it that. Up, and, it's, and uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep having you on, and uh, we look uh, – for a victory for you come March. You know, I appreciate it. Well, it's been an honor to serve the citizens of Greenbar, Valonia, and Western Conway. And uh, uh, if any of the, my constituents are listening, I would encourage them to go to my Facebook page. It's just Representative Stephen Meeks. I keep uh, folks updated with what's going on, the work I'm doing in technology, education, and uh, uh, whatnot. And, uh, and uh, I just pray that I've earned their continued support going forward. Well, I think you have. You uh I'll talk to you a little later on. I'll get a hold of you. I've been wanting to have you on to talk about uh, broadband and how that can change the state of Arkansas. And that's a great idea you just had about using that satellite system. Well, and I just got back from a trip to Boston uh, where I got to go to the MIT Media Lab in Cambridge and learn about some of the new technology that's coming with 5G and uh, some exciting things uh, that are coming down the line and not technology, healthcare, and whatnot, and I think uh, it would be, be a great conversation to have. Yeah, it would be great. We'll have you on in the near future. Stephen Meeks, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show live here from the Capitol. Thank you for having me. Appreciate Thank it. You. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More coming your way. we got a couple of people going to join us that have some long-shot uh, candidacies. We'll tell you about it when we return. 
Hey, I got to tell you what, I have been remiss. Robert Steinbach is here as uh, my guest co-host today. want to remind you that he is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law over at UALR, and his opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of UALR or the Bowen School of Law. I want to make sure I don't get him in trouble. I appreciate that. I'm going to keep that from happening. Mark Johnson is here. He's state senator from over in Maumelle. And and all the way up to Clinton. That's right. Man, that's an amazing amount of territory. It, it's 79 miles long, Dave. Was it about a huge. foot and a half wide? About, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one, Rob. It's actually even wider than it's. It, it's. I have parts of five counties. I have all of Conway County. Yeah. And I have parts of Van Buren, Faulkner, Perry, and Pulaski. Wow. So it's a wonderful district, and I You'll enjoy You'll be happy to note, sitting here talking to me today, that I was driving up to Branson just a few weeks ago listening to us clearly in Damascus. That's one of the reasons we advertised That's on your you show know. last That's night. And I had man. Steve Stevens doing my voiceover on my spot. Yep. So Absolutely. I had a lot of people comment on that. But, yeah, it's it's good. It's We have very good service on uh, the answer up, up in Van Buren and in, in North Faulkner County. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's talk. You, you came back and looked like a scalded dog earlier today. You just come back from the Education Committee. I was talking to Alan Clark, and he said, welcome to the legislature. So what happened today? Well, uh, <laughs> that's his best Reagan impersonation. Well, I can't quite do the head the same way, but Dave, uh, there is a... Uh, requirement under the law that the legislature determine what is the adequate level of support for public education, K through 12. Uh, and like people want to talk about pre-K, want to talk about higher ed, that's not mandated to talk about as far as the adequacy. It's it's K-12. Uh, there is There are two schools of thought, let me put it this way. One school of thought is that we, the General Assembly, should hold hearings and listen to all the stakeholders and include superintendents, teachers, parents, educational, and I, you're doing air quotes, experts. Correct. And uh, get input on what all should go into what's called the matrix, which is the funding formula, so to speak. And there are some things that are funded in education that are outside the matrix, but uh, of course a lot of it is a per capita thing. And then what do you do with a small school district uh, that has you want to have, say, 20 students in a, in a kindergarten class. Well, what if you've got 22 students? Do you have two classes, or do, can you still just have one? I mean, th- these sound like trivial things, but you've just doubled the number of kindergarten teachers you have to have in Correct. a small district. These are the kind of things we grapple with. Um, the, the the one school of thought is that we need to bring in one of these out-of-state educational experts Uh-oh. to help us figure this out there's so many terms in that phrase that i don't like out of state <laughs> expert educational yeah. i'm not sure there's well, any words in there and, I and, do like. and then and then it even gets further complicated you've got more than one group of uh educational experts you think and uh, <laughs> right. and we actually and I, there was one we had two that well, really, there was three, but for all practical purposes, there were two that mm-hmm. submitted acceptable applications or, or, or proposals. And the people who tend to want to bump the money up 
were favoring, I'll call them Group A. Mm-hmm. And those of us that really wanted to kind of think outside the box, maybe do things a little different. Maybe we, limit government? Well, what we were really looking at is <laughs> finding some new ways to do it that might be, A, more efficient, and B, yield a better result. And, of course, you know the definition of insanity is doing, to doing the same thing sure. over and over again, expecting a different but Mark, result. But, Mark, can I just interrupt just briefly to say, apparently you haven't learned the lesson that when there's a problem, it's always solved with more money, is it not? That's why I ran for the Senate in there the first place. Yeah, that's there right. Now, I remember part, that. Now, part of the thing here is that uh, there are some things that obviously are going to require some funding. But of course. But this, there, there is an unholy alliance of organizations. And sadly to say, sometimes uh, <clears throat> our Association of Educational Administrators are part of this. And there are many wonderful people in that group. And their, their uh, executive director is a... Literally a lifelong friend. His father was my uh, junior high principal. But but a lot of our superintendents, uh, they believe the way to do this is to tilt the scale so they get more money. Now, I hear them. I have superintendents in my district come to me with problems saying, look, y'all mandate we do one, two, three, four, and we get enough money to do one, two, three. Now, what do we do about four? Help us. And I get that. And, I, and, I, and we're working on that. It's, it, it's just like this, this scenario I mentioned with the kindergarten. Uh, you know, well, where do you draw the line? Where do you say, well, if you're 2% over, you can keep this class size. But if you're 3% over, you've got to add another teacher. I mean, you could see how complicated that kind of thing of course. is. But uh, if we'll stick to our principles and realize that start, start with the presumption that more money is not necessarily the answer. And second of all. Wow, that. If you can just get them to do that, you've made a huge move forward. Well, I don't think he'll get them to do that, but the legislature hopefully will do that. Well, and, and, and sad to say, and we're here because of filing, Yes, uh, there are some members of the General Assembly, some of them on my side of the aisle, that uh, have supported this status quo and, and the way that we do business. And uh, they listen, I think, to the wrong constituents in their district rather than more conservative ones. And I think that, you know, there could be some uh, uh, political problems for them because people are wising up. Uh, we have, uh, uh, and, and this isn't over either. Dave. This passed out of edu- the joint, it's joint, actually it's not joint, edu- it's Senate and House Education Committees meeting jointly. Okay. I guess that's a wow. distinction without a difference. Indeed, or, indeed. But uh, this will go. This will go before the full legislative council, and they will have to approve this contract. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coming around to the point of view that maybe, just maybe, we don't need any consultant. And and I, I'll tell you what I learned. I actually ran into this guy in before your time. Gentleman, by the name of David Matthews, former state representative from Northwest Arkansas, Democrat. I would say he wouldn't be insulted if I called him a little bit left to center, but a, a thoughtful, good guy that was actually drafted this adequacy legislation. He wrote the bill, and he said, "You know, Mark, we weren't, we didn't want y'all to go hire a bunch of consultants. We wanted you to have hearings and all of the state and bring in the stakeholders and get the input." And sit down with the staff and draw up a bill that meets the, the criteria. I mean, we know what the subject matter is. We've been exactly. doing it long enough. Exactly. And, and I, very good people that mean well and want to help our kids disagree with me on the methodology. Mm-hmm. I think we all want good things for the kids. But I just happen to believe that uh, 
what the sponsor of the original legislation said is what we need to go back to. Now, Mark, now I'm old. I've been here, not in the Senate, but I've been around this for so long. I remember before a lot of these guys were here, and we did it a little differently. And I, I think you ask what happened today, that's what happened. We're, okay. That, that, and it's, it's not that all the people on those two committees are good people that want the right things, and I agree with them on many, many things, but this particular way to go about it, I just think it's not the right way to do it. You stick around just for a few minutes? Sure, of course. All right. Let's take a break for the news. When we come back, we'll talk to uh, the senator for a few more moments, and then I'll let him go. I'm going to send Wayne Beach over on a mission. Bring back Doyle Webb here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. right they are off uh, today's first day of filing it goes until next tuesday it goes next tuesday because it's veterans day on monday and uh, this is usually the busiest day but the last day will be busy as well I'm there's sure. a lot of people are watching right now do i want to take that person on what kind right. of resources do they have behind them things of that nature because you got to think about that stuff because Folks, again, to run for the House, it's three grand. To run for the state Senate is $7,500. I don't know about anybody else, but I can't pull that out of my wallet right now. As a Republican. Yeah, as Democrats a Republican. Democrats have different fees, and, and they seem to be trending down. Interesting. Well, well, they also trend down in their population in the legislature, <laughs> so I'm not sure it's a viable That's option. That's it comes down I to. Wouldn't, I wouldn't try to save the money on that. You know, Dave, um, we were talking with uh, Senator Johnson uh, um, before the break, and he raised a very important point that I think is deserving of some emphasis, Indeed. and that is the legislature are the bosses of government, state government officials. So when you get a state government official come in to say, well, we need more of this or we need that. That's fine because we want their opinions. But I'm sick and tired, Mark, when I hear state legislatures, uh, legislators tell me and, and the public in general, they say, well, I don't know. The superintendent of this school district or the chiefs of these police uh, departments said we can't have stand your ground or they would need more money. And these uh, elected officials say, well, that's what they told us. No, that's your job. And I know you're one of the good elected officials yeah. who said, 
say, who understands that? But I think we need to spread that message a little farther. And well, I think you did a great job just Rob, of, of saying that. That Thank is you. ultimately the problem, especially on the budget situation. Right. We decide where the money is spent. That's we have right. a balanced budget law. We must balance it. So we might have to take it away from this program to fund that program. That's that's all we do, set priorities that's in that right. regard. That's right. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I've found enough legislators who find it easier to run for office over and over again by following the lead instead of taking the lead. I couldn't have said it better myself, <laughs> Rob. But, but take it a step further. Yes, you sir. know, uh, it's it's a matter of priorities. It's not that that whatever a superintendent or or any well, that's uh, right. uh, police chief whatever that's says right. we we want to do this. Okay, what does it cost? What's the benefit? What's the uh, uh, actual uh, uh, you know? What's the trade off? That's right. We because were talking we were talking about that when it came to taxes, and I said, look, we pay more than enough in taxes. Uh, we uh, take home far less than we give to government in various taxes. So when someone says, but we need to do this, my response is, great, go cut something else. Exactly. And uh, it, it goes back to something that our friend that's offices around the corner here, Lieutenant Governor Griffin, yeah. he talks about a thing he calls the toe tax. And that's from doing things the old way. We can do things just as well, if not better, and sometimes cut the cost to the taxpayers by not doing it the old way. That's right. And, and sometimes we have to say to taxpayers, I, we're all amongst them, guess what? Not everything gets on the list. And, you know, I've been around a lot so long, I remember when we really did treat the revenue stabilization law as something that was a, it was just a spending priority. It didn't mm-hmm. all go into category A. I was telling somebody the other day, you know you're, you're old. When you walk around the Capitol and you see these busts of all these famous Arkansans, former governors, and you knew them all personally. personally. <laughs> famous and infamous. As well. But yeah. uh, in the, I was in the rotunda. We had the four previous before Governor BB, and, and of course I, I worked for, for two of them and knew all of them, and it, it's just... That, but the fact is that for much of Arkansas's history, it was all about we didn't hardly have enough money to take care of the needs, much right. less the want list. The treasurer's office is right here in the rotunda, and people wonder, well, why the treasurer? You'd think the governor would be the one in the center of the capital, but no, it was the treasurer because the state would issue script, you know, basically an IOU, and you could come to the capital and go into that office in there and bring the script, and they would pay you based on that IOU until they ran out of money for that week and they closed the window and you had to come back next week because they had run out of cash. That's the way Arkansas operated. Right. And it was a, literally a hand-to-mouth operation. Right. And, right. and now we, everyone just presumes that anything government wants to do needs to be done. Yeah. And that's just not true. We need to Amen. seriously look back and say, now, do we really need to do that or can we do it a little better? That's right. And that's that's the the bias I think we have to change. Yeah. That's right. Now, Mark, it seems to me what I'm seeing on the state level with bringing in these special, educated specialists to tell you guys the best way to run our state is what we see on the federal level, where they devised different committee, not committees, different agencies, the you know education. Uh, EPA and all the rest so that politicians could say, hey, we're just doing what we're being told. Yeah, these experts over here told us to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can vote 
and and kind of make people understand, well, you know, I didn't have anything else that I could do on this. Well, and one of the disturbing trends that I've seen in the, the education committees this interim time has been that uh, it's literally been an abdication of, of that role. I mean, yeah. And that, gosh, well, we've tried to go around the state and have hearings, but we couldn't get enough people, meaning legislators, to right. show up. And I'm thinking, well, that's called doing your job. That's right. And if you can't do your job in the interim, and I, I believe me, it's much busier than I ever anticipated in the interim, but you know, maybe you need to be on a different committee or maybe you need to, to pass that responsibility on to somebody else. I mean, I, I asked for this job and I'm going to try to do this job as best of my ability. Well, right. if, if, and if the legislators continue to rubber stamp administrators, the, the, the people who report to the legislators, maybe we do away with the legislators. I don't get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it's just owing up to your response. That's right. You know, I'm being facetious. And that's what pro- we, that's right. really, but you've hit the nail right. on the head. Pro- that, that's right. That's the problem. And people want to pass the buck and say, well, gosh, that police chief, he right. was concerned about this stand your ground. I'm thinking. Well, he was one vote for you, maybe. All right. right. How many people that are sitting out there in your district voted for you. They put you in the office. You should be listening to them. And you answer to them, of course. And, and on that issue, believe me, I know where my constituents oh, absolutely. stand. And they stand for the, to stand your ground. And, and again, a man's home is his castle. That's all it comes down it's to. It's not complicated math. No, you know? not at all. It's not calculus. No, no, no. Right. Not at all. And I remember one of those police. It is for a Democrat. Well, of course it is. Uh, because they're, they're too busy wringing the hands all the time. <laughs> they can't actually do the math on the back of the envelope. Yeah. Uh, but I remember when the police chief were saying, well, you know, that means someone can go home and come back to the space that they are legally entitled to be carrying the gun that they could have carried in the first place. Really? That's exactly what it means, Mr. Right. Police Chief. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that, unfortunately, every kind of, of, and I I don't want to call our our police bureaucrats, but everyone that is in some kind of a governmental office that has a job to do, there are things that they see as problematic to, it would ease their job if you didn't have certain rights that we happen to enumerate them in the bill of rights mm-hmm. but i mean it wouldn't wouldn't it be great if, if if we could get rid of all those those idiots that don't believe like dave and i you know but no that's the whole point of the bill of rights and and when you get down to things like uh, the, the first amendment and freedom of religion i keep telling people it wasn't to protect the government from religion. It was to protect religion from, from the, the government. government. That's exactly, exactly right. right. And, and it's the same way. This, this is, you know, no one even thought you'd be any question about you defending your own home. Right, right. I mean, we, of course you're going to have a gun. You're going to defend right. your home. The question was, what about defending it against the government? That's right. And, and, that, and people lose sight of that. That's Go back to, you know, 1776. You know, you, you had the king coming in saying, well, I've got. 20 soldiers here. We want you to move out so we can quarter them in your home. I mean, this is why we had all this stuff written in the way it was in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you one yes, last sir. question. Sure. 2020 is just around the corner. I know people don't like to hear that, but we are in November. We'll have the elections coming up in March. Uh, and then people are going to have to start thinking about the initiated acts that are going to show up on the ballot come November. There's a couple of really important ones. One, half-cent sales tax for roads. Two, the changing of how are we going to do 
you know, do the whole thing about uh, politicians and how many years they get to serve and term limits and things of that nature. Looks like good chance we're going to look at uh, recreational marijuana. There's a lot of important issues coming. And and the one one that really concerns me that you didn't mention, Dave, is this uh, so-called Citizens Commission to draw the uh, uh, legislative districts. I brought that up earlier today. I'm and, glad you and, and it, brought it's, it up. It's a, frankly, it's a frightening thing because we know who's behind it and we know what they're doing nationally to try to deli- – I mean, for 146 years – the Democrats are in charge in Arkansas. Republicans finally take over. We're going to change the rules. Oh, yeah. oh we don't, wait a second. We just realized after 146 years and losing control of the legislature, we don't like that rule anymore. Yeah. Really? Well, they didn't really? like that, they didn't like that rule when, uh, you know, governorship and a whole lot of other but, things. But, the, but the, the drawing those boundaries is a political process. You're not going to get it. But it, it needs to have a little bit more common sense and the give and take amongst the, the politicians is what gives us a, a better product. And I hope people do not. Again, these are out-of-state experts that oh, yeah. want to bring in yeah. to yeah. draw your legislative yeah. districts. It couldn't get any worse. Look at the shape of my district if you want to see something funny. I mean, right. but I love it because it's where my friends are and all right. that. But it, you know, whoever, if you took a, if you got drunk and drew a map line, you'd come up with something like that. And that's the way it is. But but you mentioned those, the, the recreational marijuana thing. Regardless of someone, how someone feels about the uh, 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 medical marijuana, the whole process we've used and the way that it's you had uh, uh, vendors that misrepresented their ownership. I mean, it's, it's scandalous the way as far as we are right now. We don't have the the DUI issue worked out on it. Nope. I mean, I mean, regardless of whether you think okay, marijuana is okay, there's a lot of loose ends on what we have today. Much less opening it up and the workforce we know it will cost the state jobs if we have uh open literally open marijuana but mcdaniel's going to get rich on it so isn't that reason enough (laughs) you know but that's what it comes down to right rob is who's going to be making the money that's right and and whether it's it's a monopoly in west memphis or hot springs or Pope County in gambling, right. or whether it's uh, a monopoly on marijuana or whatever. Unfortunately, lately, that's what our initiatives have been. That's right. They've been someone writing themselves into the Constitution and creating a monopoly for That's themselves. exactly right. And that's what worries me and bothers me more than anything. I think if the people fully understand an issue, they'll vote right, but they were totally hoodwinked in 2018 on those. It's okay. an abomination. It really yeah. is. All right. Uh, half-cent sales tax, going to extend it into in perpetuity and make it part of the Constitution. That's what I really take exception to. I I voted to allow the people to vote on it, Dave. I probably will not vote for it because I'm not happy with some of the things that the the highway department has been doing. I I mean, I have an open mind. Really? I believe we should tax ourselves (laughs) to to build roads, and my district needs the road. But... uh, one of the original proponents of it was former state representative Jonathan Barnett, who served on the highway commission. And he said, we made a deal to make it temporary, and now we're, we're changing the deal. That's and, what Stephen Meek said as and well. That's, and the, I, I do have a problem with that. Now, uh, this is not the only way to fund the roads. I don't like putting taxes in the Constitution. Again, and I did vote to allow the people to vote on this, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm, 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 I'm skeptical 
and I would certainly support maybe in the future an alternative to funding it. But uh, there needs to be a bias. If you have a constitutional bias, it should be a bias against the taxes rather than a bias exactly for right. it. That's so exactly right. That's Mark, where we are. I'll let you go home. you got a great guy here Got coming a couple up. of guys who are going to bring them on. They're, these these young kind of, kind of like Republicans keep coming yeah. in and, and, and making me feel even older and older, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, they're from down the land of my nativity, as some people say, okay. in South Arkansas. And, and uh, Ben is from Crossit. I was born in Crossit. Oh, very nice. And uh, his dad's a hospital administrator. I was born in a hospital. Oddly enough. Where are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they but, just invented them when you were born, right? right? Just right before. Exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who think that I was born on the back 40 somewhere. I live That's what on they the back think. 40. I think you were born <laughs> in the back of a mule, if you ask me. <laughs> well, right. Dave, I'm glad you're hobbling around and. And yeah. Rob, thanks again for Good all you, you do to Thank you. keep us in line and keep these these folks from, Thank you, from not having secret meetings Appreciate and hiding from the I try. It was great. Thank well, you we'll both. We'll keep working. Thank you. Great. We'll see you around. You, we hear the rest of the week here. No, no, no. You'll be back at your. I'll your be place. back in the studio. Oh, as how about of the tomorrow? last day? Will you be back? Home? Nah, probably not. It'll be exciting. Yeah, but I have the power <laughs> panel here, and everybody okay. will be. Oh my God, he's got the power panel. Yeah, great. All right, we'll take, take a break. Care. We got Bye. more coming your way. Our thanks to the senator for being with us. Going to introduce you to a couple of new guys when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've got 26 minutes after 5 on filing day. We're the only two guys really here. Right. Well, other than our oh, guests. So i got yeah, Howard on, Beatty Dave. here, right. and i got Ben Gilmore right. here, and we're going to talk to them. Exactly. In fact, I'm going to give them the rest of this segment, and then we'll pick them up after the news. Great. So we can talk to them for a little while longer, and then Great. you and I will take it to the end. There you go. Sounds good, right? All right. Hey, don't forget, we'll be back uh, in studio tomorrow. Today we're in the Capitol. We're in the Rotunda. And, uh, well, right off the Rotunda. And it's my goal one day to do my show from the road. From the middle? It might be they, too much echo, but we'll they, find that out. They won't try to hide me somewhere. Right. Right, but well. the bottom line, we're going to do the show uh, one day from the Rotunda. Uh, tomorrow, the power panel will be here. Ardia be here. Jan will be here. Paul will be here. I'll be here for that. And, of course, in the final hour, the Bible guys come in. Nice. With Scott and Steve and Billy, so that uh, from Agape, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow from Agape yeah. Church, that's great. Which yesterday some incredible things happened that we'll talk about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That people, I was there this weekend. They had a special speaker, Dr. Michael Brown, who's a Messianic Christian, mm-hmm. and uh, he was awesome. He mm-hmm. was very, very good. Terrific. All right, so let's talk with these two gentlemen. Ben Gilmore has worked with the Lieutenant Governor. That's right. He's worked with. Congressman, uh, Congressman Westerman, Westerman. Yeah. pull your mic just closer to your mouth. There, there we go. There we go. That? So we can hear you really well. And I'll turn it up just a little bit. And he's going to be uh, running in Senate uh, District 26. That's right. And Where for, is that for at? The listeners, yeah, that's uh, Ashley County, Drew County, Bradley County, that whole southeast corner, Crossit, Monticello, McGee, just to name some of the towns there. Uh, but it's a good-sized district for sure. One, I think the largest geographical district in the state. How many people live down there? Four or five? <laughs> I'm just kidding. A few, few more than that, but we're uh, we need to, we need to well, get a few more. Yeah. It's, it's good, but it's a nice rural area. It and, is. But it, of course, yeah. the total number in the district are the same as every other district. That's correct. That's how it works. That's, That's right. right. 
And Ben has been uh, a strong advocate uh, in the lieutenant governor's office. And Dave, as you know, we've uh, we love the lieutenant governor, and Ben has worked closely with us and the lieutenant governor. And he has the approach that we've been talking about this whole afternoon, which is limited government, Absolutely. limited taxation, and an understanding that. There are a lot of wants out there, but at some point, enough is enough, Absolutely. and we've long Absolutely. since passed that enough already. Absolutely. But give us some more yeah, thoughts well, on that, Ben. You know, I, I think, some, well, it's it's uh, humbling to have to follow uh, Senator Mark Johnson. He's an impressive um, fellow. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, the history he knows and outlined a lot of the issues. He knew uh, Moses personally. I, I, you know, I think he wrote a dinosaur back in <laughs> the day right. as well. So, uh, but, no, it, you know, one of the things that I think that, that's neglected that we don't look at is overall tax burden. You that's hear a right. lot about income tax, lowering income tax. You hear a lot about... Uh, you know, people are worried about their property tax going Add up. Them together. Uh, that's right. Overall tax burden. That's something we don't talk about enough. Um, we got to do a better job of, of bringing that discussion into the forefront, and uh, we got to do a better job of, of electing people who aren't just going to get in there and raise taxes because it's right. the easiest thing to do. Uh, instead of trying to find savings, cut cut spending, and all that. All right, we're going to take a break. Get you the news, and when we come back, we'll talk to uh, to Ben and Howard about. Uh, those two topics a lot. All right, in the side of the rotunda where we're at here. We're right on it. Will yeah. you stop already? We are in the rotunda. <laughs> I can see the light. Well, you're sequestered a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> ben Gilmore is here. He is running for Senate District uh, 26. And then Howard Beatty is here. He is running for the House District number 9. Uh, both of these guys are going to take on some really staunch Democrats. Yeah. Who's who are you running against? Eddie Cheatham. Oh, Eddie Cheatham. Last mm-hmm. time he had a Republican opponent was 2012. Mm-hmm. That Republican lost by 300 votes. Oh, no. That was 2012. Right. Think about that election. Right. Who was on the ballot? That's right. And Eddie didn't have to take on. The bulldog who has been Gilmore. <laughs> well, I'm proud to say I, I've already outraised him three to one. He raised twenty, I so, raised sixty. Third quarter, so good. For you. So I think that's uh, that. First of all, that shows a ton of support. I of mean, course, sixty sixty three percent of that money was from the district. Right, twenty five fifty dollar hundred dollar donations. That's great. Grassroots, uh, well over a hundred contributors. Uh, you know how much he raised? He raised twenty. Wow. Um, eighty-seven percent of his money came out of Little Rock. Is that right? Yeah. What a yeah. big surprise! Five, right, exactly. Yeah, he had five contributors from his district. Five contributors. Wow. From his district. Uh, wow. Here's here's what is exciting. You come next November, right? All right and uh, you're looking at uh, the election. If we can get Ben in to yeah. the Senate, yeah, that's a game. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because uh, you know if Sullivan gets rid of. Cooper. Right. That that then we'll have a Republican for that Democrat yeah, seat, we'll right? Have, but huh? that's, what? Who that, said that? That's a that, that's a lateral move. All right. right. We, we stay the same. Right. But, but, but Ben goes in. How many how many Republicans would that give us then in the Senate? That would give us uh, what twenty eight. Twenty eight out of how many? Or thirty five. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. saying, duh. But yeah. let's be clear uh, on the on the point that I was making a moment ago as a joke. Uh, the fact is, I'm less concerned as to whether or not they have the label Republican. That's right. And I'm that's more right. concerned that they vote Republican. That, that's right. Right. Because, yeah. And, and you they, go get me an ultra conservative Democrat. I'll vote for him. Yeah, because here's the deal. Right. And I see Dave over here thumbing through his party platform for the right. Republican mm-hmm. Party. Exactly. You know, here's the great thing about that. When you look through that platform, then you compare it with the Democrat platform, which right. I did the other night, mm-hmm. which, by the way, if you haven't read that, Read that. It is scary. It is really scary. And you got Democrats, and well, you got Republicans too that try to say they're Republican, but you know we know what they are. Yeah. But here's the deal: you got Democrats that, like what I'm running against, Eddie Cheatham, who tries to claim that he's a Republican. Oh no, guys, vote for me. I'm a Republican. I'm a pro-life Democrat. Then you start looking at his votes: vote against the heartbeat bill, not once but twice. I mean, just go down the list. Voted for every tax ever. Um, so, you know, Southeast Arkansas is ready for a conservative. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most conservative districts, I believe, that just hasn't had a chance to flip yet. Guys, can we break that blue wall that runs down the eastern backbone of Arkansas? Well, when I win my district, that will break. That'll do, yeah. That'll right. do it. That'll do I, it. I, I think we can paint it red. Yeah. Do you really? <laughs> I do. Boy. That'd, that'd be great. We talk about sending... Chills. That's I right. mean, we just That's got right. past Halloween, man. Now we're scaring some people <laughs> well, big time. Well, and, and Howard here has got is set up to to win big in his district. Yeah, Lee and Birch. District what? Uh, district nine. Okay, tell That'd everybody be, about District nine. Uh, Cross it, Hamburg, and Monticello. Oh, okay. that's terrific. So you're overlap. You're concentric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. indeed. So how how is Monticello even close to being liberal? They, you know, I don't know. I think that the, the the they have a school is, down there, don't they? they? But UAM, but it's yeah. conservative. But it's is conservative. It, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. We haven't given them a choice. Mm-hmm. We we at the party level aren't fielding candidates to give the voters a choice. There you go. I mean, Leanne's won both um, elections w- without an opponent. It's been wow. handed to her. I, I I just don't tolerate that. And I was saying that off the air that in my district, I called Doyle and I said, uh, you better get somebody to run against the Senate. Uh, and he said, oh, we've got someone lined up. We were talking about that. That's the brother. Who are you saying? What's his name oh, again? Uh, Missy. Missy Irving. Yeah, Missy brother. Irving's brother is yeah. running, and that's fantastic mm-hmm. because I said, I'm going to run, and I don't want to run, <laughs> but I will not let that seat go unopposed. Yeah. Well, the, the last yeah. the last opponent the last opponent Eddie Cheatham had yeah. uh, was a libertarian. His name was Elvis Presley. Is that oh, right? I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Is that so that, that's, that's shameful, on, and I say our part because right? I, I've lived in that district. Yeah, that's, that's a Republican. Republicans' so, responsibility, I mean, I, I, you know, exactly, so, but, and and that's why I got in. I got in on the party side as as county chair and and, and some other roles. Good there for you for that reason. And I, and I tried to talk to the to our our senator, and you know, he, he says I'm a conservative Democrat. I believe the same things that you do. No, please. And I told him, I said there are no conservative Democrats Not anymore. We, we call Not them anymore. we call them Republicans. That's right. So so switch. Go that's spend right. your last two years as a winner. That's right. That's right. Do that, and 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 you'll you'll be guaranteed that. The only if problem, you don't, the only problem is we'd still get the same votes. He'd just have the party label. Yeah. Going back to what you said. So, right. That's right. So, so, so I'm, give, I'm happy he didn't. Give Ben's my gonna, give my Ben's listeners some background, Howard. Tell them, you know, what you do and what you've done, and why they should be voting for you. Well, I've been in the state um, 17 years. I'm president of First State Bank and Cross at Arkansas, president and CEO. I've devoted the entire 17 years that I've been in South Arkansas uh, to community development, uh, the civic organizations in South Arkansas, to building my community, to economic development. I'm 
the president of the local economic development foundation uh, and we we work tirelessly to create jobs and improve uh, the infrastructure for business in Crossett and South Arkansas. And especially now, it, it's it's so important uh, with the job losses we have at George Pacific and the families and friends that are that are being affected that we pull all our resources together and work the hardest. And, you know, that was one sign to me that was, was kind of disheartening is when those announcements were made as chairman of economic development and, um, and some of the or- other organizations I serve on, I heard nothing from my state senator or my state representative when that news broke. I didn't hear anything. There were no comments back. There were no calls. We didn't hear anything. Hmm. And and at that point, it, it committed me to get more involved and to take a stand. And, and at that point, I was I was committed to uh, to filing and running for this position. Well, that's right. great. I, and I, I tell you guys, you seem right on the money on the primary issues that are of concern to Arkansans. And Dave and I will watch after you win because if you vote wrong... Oh, I know. Well, Y'all are the watchdogs. That's it. <laughs> because John Cooper's out. Just yeah, you have we're that, working hard that's on right. him being gone. That's right. And the, You need to be a Republican and mean it. That's right. And you guys do, of course. And that's, that's right. what uh, uh, we're impressed with. And we're going to continue to have these conversations t- so that Arkansas stays conservative and means it. Yeah. That's what we need to do as a state. Well, and that's what our that's what our districts want in southeast right. in the southeast corner, my hometown, Crossit. That's what that's what they want. That's They're right. ready for that. They haven't had that opportunity. It's been controlled, heavily controlled Democrat for decades, uh, century, I guess. Yes. Um, and 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 the people are ready for that. And so we're going to give them that, and we owe it to them to stay true to what we say we're going to be and to who we are. Now, the bottom line is we do watch how people vote, and we listen to what people say as they're running their campaigns. And Mm -hmm. I live by the old adage, fool me once, shame on you. Mm. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's right. Because the second time just ain't going to happen if I can keep it from happening. Yeah. Let's get a break, and we'll come back. You guys want to go until 6 with us? Might as well. You're up for us. All right. Then we'll keep you here. Let's take our final break for today. We are at filing. This is the first day of filing for the election coming up next year. Don't forget that the primary is in March. And in some races, that will be the determination of who wins some state offices. Also, don't forget, as we were talking about uh, Richard, who was on with us earlier uh, out of uh, Garland County, that the uh, election to refill Mickey Gates' seat comes up on uh, December 10th. That's Richard McGrew, who was on with us earlier today. Can I say, Richard, I've known Richard a lot of years. Good guy. Really good guy. Well, seems to be a real good man of principle. I think so. I mean, seriously, he, he seems principled. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll wrap it up from the Capitol Rotunda here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, got a question for you guys. This is off of my trivia question. Mm-hmm. You know how I do this from time to time. Where did rock, paper, scissors originate? Like was what it, country? Yeah. Was okay. it Russia, China, 
Ethiopia or here in the United States? Isn't that interesting? Well, I, I guarantee you, sorry, I'm going to do this, but I guarantee you were live when it was. No, it was, <laughs> I, was, I, I was not. Did, had they invented rock when you were born? <laughs> yeah. Did that exist at that time? Well, the, the Earth's crust was first hardening. That's right, yeah. that's right. <laughs> when you, what do you think, guys? Uh, I'm going to vote U.S. U.S., all right. Okay. Sure, I'll go with that. Okay. I'll go with Ethiopia. Nah. <laughs> I know. It was China. 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 Yeah. I, that was my first choice. <laughs> now, let me tell you it's how old that game is. It yeah. started the time of Christ. Is that right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's pretty, that interesting? pretty impressive. It is. All right. I hate that game, by the way. Because <laughs> you always lose? I always lose. Because it was started by a bunch of Reds. <laughs> but I'm not sure they were Reds 2,000 years ago. I mean, All they, right. they were very advanced. Howard right? Beatty is here. He's running for State Representative District 9, and Ben Gilmore is running for Senate 26. Sounds to me that, I'm going to be honest with you, Ben, I know that you're, you don't want to be overconfident, mm. but I believe that you have a very, very good shot uh, oh, absolutely. Of, of shooting Cheatham down. I mean, absolutely. I can kind of see... You know, smoke coming out of the engines of his plane. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you look at the numbers of those districts. Trump won it heavily. Asa, Governor Asa Hutchinson won it heavily. Uh, again, as we've said repeatedly on, on your show here today, Dave, is the people are ready for it. They're ready for a conservative choice. They've never had a conservative choice. Uh, the last choice they had, uh, Eddie had a real opponent, was in 2012. That was an Obama year. And Eddie almost lost but won by 300 votes. Right. So that right there, you know, if I'm him, I'm thinking, man, that was 2012. I almost lost. And the de- and the conservatives are going to turn out in force. Absolutely. Coming yeah. November of next Absolutely. year. Yeah. So, and, and the one thing that I know is not only going to outraise him, which he's done, um, three to one. Mm, yeah. Three to one. So far. And he's going to outwork him ten to one. That's right. Well, you know why? He's going to be there. Because he's had a great mentor in the name well, of Tim Griffin. Tim Griffin. Right. That's right. right. He understands what it takes. No one works harder than Tim Griffin. Yeah, that's, that's really true. I've, that's I've exactly there, right. I've seen it. Nobody works harder. Yeah. He's good. He's, he's good. real, real he's good. good. I, I'm surprised he's he's sitting here this unanimated right now, not moving <laughs> around after being around yeah, Griffin. That's all right. Well, man. and speaking of winning, Howard Beatty, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick a little praise back to Howard Beatty here. He is going to dominate in that race. He's going to dominate. He is running against one of the most liberal members of of the state house it's remarkable the, the the person who has a figurine of uh rbg on her desk right what right. does that tell you yeah. if you're a conservative you know what, what that means <laughs> right. she, go look it's, yeah. it's at her desk uh, right now and look both of these folks are nice people oh, right absolutely. They're, they're nice people but but at the end of the day it's their policies that are terrible listen and, uh, i love see, this is how i like politics yeah. in the right. south these people are both nice people. See, if it was Indi- Indiana, these people are crap. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm Here's just... the thing. In all seriousness, in all seriousness, there are people like Joyce Elliott, who I think is a wonderful, dynamic, nice person. charismatic person. I, and I disagree passionate. with her. Very yeah, passionate. very I disagree with her 93% of the time. Just 93? Exactly. I'm worried about exactly. you. Exactly. I knew it. I knew it. 97.8. Right? Exactly. Um, I, I, and I so thought I, it was 101.1. That's right. <laughs> Well done. Well done. And I, um, 
but I would I would have lunch with her, and I would say she's a, a nice person, a nice senator, a sure. nice woman. Um, and she is all those. That's right, oh, yeah. and that's all true. If I ran against uh, McDaniel, I would call him the crook that he is, <laughs> plain and simple. So it's, it's, you, you can be nice when the person's nice. He's, when not, pers- he's not running, is he? Uh, he's always running. I'm that's the saying. problem. He hasn't announced anything yet, but he's going to get a bunch of money from selling pot, and then he's going to cl- try to clean up his act and try to run for office, even though he put a bunch of people in jail for smoking pot, and now he's selling the damn stuff. So isn't he building... He's, right next to the Capitol. Yeah, that just down the block. He's building an office so that he can eyeball what his new position here in, in the building. Amazing. That's what he's doing. It's going to be the green building. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, green yeah. green the with green, cash. Yeah. That's right. If it yeah. catches fire, stand downwind. There you go. Okay. Take a deep <laughs> breath. That makes sense. All right. That's right. So, Howard, what's the, what's the big issues? I mean, we're talking about your challenger. I like you like how I just made it that not the incumbent, but your challenger (laughs) that is so liberal that she's got a, you know, an image of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Is it, is it on her dashboard? On, Does it wear a, a hula? It's, it's on her desk in the house. Oh, it's even okay. worse. All right. So anyway, this is a woman who's probably voted against every proposal that Republicans have ever brought up. I mean, I, I sounds mean, like you're going to be shooting fish in a barrel. I, I think that we will be highlighting that that voting record for the voters of, of District Nine. <laughs> That's a promise, right? And That's right. And and letting them see the representation that they've had for the last three three years, and and watch the change in voting maybe between now and the election, because there will probably be a, a move to the middle and a, and a more conservative image. Sure. And look, you know. Uh, and, and try to change that image. Well, okay, but we're so, going to highlight those votes. Since you guys don't have any TV station down there, I mean, you, I mean, do you? Do we have a town crier. I'm thinking about getting. <laughs> getting. Are, are you are you needing? Is it push cards? That's the main way but that you get your mailers, message out. Digital ads, mailers, mailers. digital ads, and, and push cards. Just and, and good old fashioned. Door knocking and face to face, speaking in speaking in, in front of these civic groups and different organizations, and, um, and 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 getting that message out. Well, you get that conduit uh, card too, right? You know the conduit for action, where they rank the legislators mm-hmm. in terms of their conservative uh, actions, and she's going to be at the bottom and make sure they know it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's you know? right. I well, mean, and, and here's the deal. She she is the minority whip of the House. Mm-hmm. You don't get to be minority Lord whip by, by taking conservative votes. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and again, we'll, we'll say it. We'll say it again, right, Howard? They're nice people, but they had policy. They are yeah. not nice people. And, and, you know, one of the things that the record God uh, bless that just souls. came out, <laughs> all, all six tax proposals that – that have been up, they, they both 100%. Oh, well, then the they're senator, definitely at the bottom of the conduit list. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious, senator I know that and, list. Yeah. And Representative yeah. Birch uh, voted right. in favor of all six. With Along that, with John Cooper, said, by the then, way. Howard, I've got to ask you this question. <laughs> to be able to get your message out, it sounds like your particular way of doing things, you're going to need some money. Uh, how, Who doesn't? I, I mean, you know, that's the mother's milk of politics, mm-hmm. money is. So you tell, you tell me, how can my listeners help you? Your listeners can, can help me, one, by, by spreading the message. And, and, and definitely, you know, the, the money to finance a campaign is important. And I guess that's probably the one drawback um, in, in this process that, that, you know, a lot of folks have 
reluctance or problems uh, asking for the, some folks don't have problems asking for money. Easy now. Some folks do. <laughs> well, and if but, you want to win, what's your you got to go your web, Do you have a website or something uh, they should go to? You're face, on Facebook. Facebook okay. page. Gotcha. And, 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 and websites will be coming. Yeah. Facebook is a good Howard way to Beatty. reach Yeah, yeah. Ben Gilmore. Just gotcha. find us on Facebook. Okay, right. Facebook, but, Howard but, Beatty. But, All right. but, you know, campaign donations to get that message out so that uh, a conservative Republican can represent the folks of District 9, mm-hmm. but also know that that conservative Republican will represent all Arkansans. Okay. Right. Right. All right. Good for you. All right. Ben? Sounds like to me that you've got uh, some mother's milk coming in, brother. Well, you could uh, always you, use I'm, more. Always I could need always more. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it's a big. It's geographically a it's very huge, large. It's huge. Right. It's huge. And yes, I, and look, the people of my district have been so generous. The outpouring that I've seen is it, just completely humbling. That's great. But but at the end of the day, it's going to take a lot more than I've raised. And I've raised sixty, and it's going to take at least another sixty yeah. to run the type of race that I need to run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so again, I'm on Facebook as well, um, and I've got a website that'll be rolling out probably the next week or so that's right you know i I would say that that between myself and ben uh the funds that are going to be raised in southeast arkansas for these two campaigns are going to be they're going to be record funds absolutely if you go back and look at these elections of the past and and see uh what's been raised we're we're going to do our job. That's correct. And, and, yeah. and we're going to have the support of, 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 of the voters. Right. And I was very intentional with raising my money. I wanted to prove I wanted to prove that the district was ripe for change. <laughs> and I did that. When you have a hundred over 100 individual contributors give to you in the for first sure. 60 days. Wow. That's huge. That, I mean, that, that tells you they're begging for Man, change. That's a, that's a grand a day that Ben raised. That's fantastic. And Howard is going to... Just dominate again in his race because mm-hmm. he's going to raise money. Mm-hmm. He's got the right message. He's got the right policy, and he's the right candidate. So and, there and, it is. And just Done. started. Just started. On just started. Right. We're going to work it hard. Ben Gilmore, Senate uh, District Twenty Six. Howard Beatty, State Representative District Nine. If you're listening in to this on the podcast, share it with all your friends, guys. Thanks so much for being with us, Rob. Thanks it's so much. Pr- it's a pleasure. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for the Dave Ellswick Show on a Monday on filing day. No other radio station in Arkansas is here. Very few TV stations were here. Shows you they don't really give a damn. I do. That's right. So, you know, you know it's stick important. around. It's important. It, it is important. Thanks okay. for doing it. It's the way it all works. We'll be, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with you, too. And it's the power panel along with the Bible guys. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.